You want to do a show? Uh, why, don't, why don't we do that? Why don't we do a show? Okay. Let me see if I can play your favorite song. Hey, there it is. You know, I had this Did, song. What, does this give you like a warm, fuzzy? It gives me something. Um, I don't know <laughs> if it's warm and fuzzy. I do have this song on a loop on my uh, old iPod. Why? Play it, play it when I'm at the gym, oh, man. Okay. Get on that treadmill. Really over and over and over again? Over and over. And are you, singing, are you singing it too? No, but I do the march with the elbows. I usually carry a baton as if I'm leading a parade. When you swim at that uh, uh, gym's pool, do you, uh, um, <laughs> do you use one of those old-timey swimsuits? It's like the, uh, the one-piece. It's a one-piece for men, yeah. It's, uh, it looks like I'm lifting big, weird barbell weights. Do you um, wear that big like rubber hat, too, that the women used to wear at the back <laughs> front of the chin? You got that going, That's, too? That's uh, my skull cap. That keeps my hair dry. Uh, welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. My name is Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. And uh, this is the show. Yep. Good this night, is, everybody. Uh, yep. Thanks for coming out. Yep. We'll tell you who that voice is in just a second. He broke the rules, but it's fine. It's okay. Maybe there he didn't, rules? Maybe, yeah. You oh, didn't tell me there was rules. Didn't share rules. Well, I, as someone who like listens to the podcast, I thought he might have a better understanding. That's okay. No. That's okay. I was told I had to talk, so I'm talking. Da, 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 da. You, uh, I'm... Uh, this is not a holiday episode, but I will say that we are doing this during a holiday time, and you have a very interesting um, Blade Runner Christmas tree. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Not the quite future sure. is now. In the year 2017. Uh, it's a great old. They don't do that bit anymore, right? No, but it was genuinely one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> Um, Talking yeah. about the Conan O'Brien uh, bit when he was still on NBC, right? That's when they were doing that. One. Yeah, he, yeah. He doesn't do it anymore on the, the no. channel. All right, so yeah, t- explain the Christmas tree. We can post a picture of it too. I'll post a picture of it on the. On yeah, the Facebook it's not. Page. I mean, it's in the shape of a tree, but there's no tree in existence. It's a kind of an invisible tree, actually. If if you watched Shark Tank last night, it this tree was on. It was. Uh, are you allowed to have one of these? Now we are because oh, okay. it is aired. Um, yeah, so it, I guess... This, I love it, by the way. Thank you. I guess it costs $700. I don't love it as much as I did when I, when we, I thought it was a lot we, cheaper. We didn't, we didn't pay, so we got it for free. So it took me a while to set it up. It was a little, there was a little bit of confusion. Just to be clear, explain, explain what... It's, it, it's a tree that hangs from the ceiling. It hangs from the ceiling. But it's not it's, a tree. It, it's in a tree shape. It's in a tree shape. It colla- It's basically a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten rings that all kind of, they start wide at the bottom, and then they go smaller as it gets up there. Like a like tree. Like a tree. <laughs> and it is suspended from the ceiling, and you can hang ornaments on it. It has little holes on each ring to hang ornaments, and then it's connected all by, like, thin chain. And it kind of hangs, and it has a light in the, at the base that shines straight up and then puts uh, like um, patterns on the ceiling and then it also has a disco ball that rotates. Inside if you want. Oh, do you have it hanging in there? Oh, there it is. Disco ball in there. Is there a light that shines down on it or from below? It shines shines up and then the light is down here. It shines up and then the disco ball will... will 700. Okay, so here's the only thing I would say. It really is cool. I would love to have one of those in my house. I'm not even kidding. I'm I'm not being sarcastic, but $700 is a lot. And I know a Christmas tree is like four or 500 bucks about for one that size. It's an actual Christmas tree, so... What are you talking about? What are you... Where yeah, are like you buying? Forty bucks at Home Depot. Where are you getting your Christmas go tree? Go to this. No, not if you the... get the lit one. No, 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 not a real one. Oh, I'm like, where are you oh, buying Christmas trees? You want to bring our guest in because he's not obviously following yeah, the rules. Yeah, he's guy, a fucking anarchist. I feel bad sitting over here. I'm not talking. No, you're. Not, <laughs> we don't talk. care how you feel. Yeah, this isn't about you're your feelings. feelings. God damn it! I'm Wrong here to participate. Sh- Wrong show, man. God. Yeah, go somewhere Wait, else. Did you bring a crier on the show today? <laughs> no, Brian Schneider will be our only crier <laughs> that we will have. 
Uh, guys, our guest today... Uh, and he's okay with that, by the way. Who, Brian? Brian. Yeah, he didn't... He we didn't. were like, we'll cut all that out. He's like, no, no keep all the crying in. We're oh, like, that's great. And I'd actually like to bring up... A, he, he put a quote online that I really enjoyed that I'd like to share later. But uh, uh, our guest today, I would say producer extraordinaire, all-around production guy... Um, Take your time. That's I know there's I'm, not much to say. That's where I'm going to end. Uh, Michael Malik, everybody. How, How are you doing, y'all? everybody? So, all right. So, back to the thing. Do you like the treat, Malik? I do. I do. It's it's ribbed for my pleasure. I really like this treat. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and in a fold, here's the the best part about it is the like the obvious thing is that for storage, it once you collapse it, it just becomes one flat. Um, Thing you put it in this case. There is and then a it ceiling goes in the commitment, back of a closet. right? There's the ceiling commitment. You have to be committed to, to gr- drilling into your ceiling. Uh, you do, it. but they also give you something to cover that with when you're doing. You take a the little treatment. tab. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So here's the question, though: seven hundred dollars for it. That's that's a pretty steep price. Why such a high price? One has to wonder. Honestly, dude, I thought maybe the rings were made of cocaine. I have no idea. Yeah. What are they made of? A plastic. Okay. Well, they have to get all these old lady chains that they string together, so it's buying all the old... Those are know, dog tag chains. Glasses, right? Yeah, well, they're like, yeah, they're like glasses, chains. I mean, it's, it's just a thin... And it's weird. So basically, we're complimenting it and shitting on it simultaneously. Yeah. But it's weird. It's a compliment I, sandwich. More people liked it than I thought. I put a picture online, and more people were like, that is cool. No, it's amazing. I just, the, I'm just trying to figure out what makes it $700. I think it's a great-looking... I, I Honestly, I'm totally... And it fits... Where this world is going, kind of vibe has that. It has that future, futuristic. Yeah, the future cool. is now. Every every modern house will have one of these things in it. I, I would was... hang that in the front in my in a picture window. Yeah, we were gonna we were gonna move that couch over here, hang it there, and have it in the window. And then I was like, "What the fuck do I care what my neighbors see? I don't give a shit." Yeah, really. I guess at the end of the day, right? Because that's it. This is yeah. yeah they I see mean, enough of you, <laughs> especially these what people across the way. Um, Close the slats in the bathroom, John. Is what Malik is saying, dude. Close I did. Uh, we had I had a weird game of chicken with these people over here. They're like, like that's why these these drapes are closed all the time now. You had enough of awkward eye contact. Well, I guess like th- they have always had their curtains drawn, so I never thought anything of it. I always had these wide open because I like the light and everything. And you know, I come out here in the morning in my underwear and do whatever shirtless, and I'm walking. You guys around. had a, an understanding without having an understanding, I, I guess. And then one day, uh, Nicole was just hanging out here with a friend. I wasn't home. And she said that um, she saw their, their curtains open and was like, oh, weird. And she went to go close our curtains. And as she did, she saw like an old naked lady changing her clothes in there and like made eye contact with her. And there was like, it is. Ah! Oh, and she, that's it. So she closed the curtains and those curtains haven't been opened so since. So now everyone. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, it was like, yeah. And, and the other day I felt like I was like, I'm not afraid. I'll sit out here with no shirt on. And then I looked in there. There was something going on over there. I was like, no, nah, I, I can't do it. So I just closed, I closed yeah, but that. Nobody, she still, she was just standing in the window naked this time for No, you? I wasn't. Yeah. I didn't even, I've never seen the lady. I don't even know. I, I feel like she might be a ghost because Nicole's like, there's an old lady over there. I'm like, never seen her. How far away? Because I do have a theory on this. How far away do you have to does 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 a window need to be from you where you feel like it's so impersonal that the odds of awkward eye contact, like in our house, we don't close the blinds on the backside of our house because it's literally was well, your yard. No, well, it's a yard, and then it goes downhill, and then it goes yeah. back uphill, and it's very far away. Now, if somebody <laughs> obviously had you know binoculars, um, you know, or D- Dudley Moore, uh, you know. Uh, 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 telescoped is looking across the valley to look at you, but that's so. My whole thing is like, how close do you care? Like, you know what I mean? Like, at what point are you even worried? That's pretty close. If you no, that is. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. how far away before you'd be like, I just don't give a shit. Well, I think, and this is weird because if you look, because that's just when we're talking about close. That is about what are you about ten feet? 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That, that's close. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't get awkward. I don't care. If you're uncomfortable, that's fine. I, this I'll walk is, around. Yeah. This, I figured that. I got no shame. Yeah. Do you keep your blinds open all the time? Uh, no, I open and close. Close them at night. I mean, just because like, I don't want people like staring in you know, my sliding glass door and watch me eat dinner and you know, <laughs> sleep, play video games. <laughs> but know, see, my theory like, is the exact opposite. I'm like, if that's what you want to do. You wouldn't be uncomfortable if some guy was just watching you and your kids play video games? I would think that, that was they live the saddest life. I mean, you're saying the creepy version. I'm just saying it's pretty sad. If, if all you've got to do that night <laughs> is watch you eat dinner, that's pretty fucking sad. That's I, true. Do you m- remember Malik's... I'm sure you... I live I, in Venice Beach, though. That's what probably a lot of people do, just walk around and stare in windows. That's exactly what people yeah, do. Yeah, that's kind of cult, That's kind of a subculture, though, right? Like when you wander around in places like that. Yeah, that's yeah. why when people pay all those money for the canals, yeah, I kind of look yeah. at that and be like... You're paying a lot of fucking money to have uh, the general public can still wander freely. Wander right you in front of you, right in your backyard. It's yeah, like it's, uh, if you're going to pay that much money, don't you want a secluded like no one can come in here? Well, it's I'm just saying private. it's like you're closing all your curtains all the time. Then, then, yeah. then everything that you bought it for, or half of what you bought it for, is now no longer. Yeah. This is our HGTV version. Uh, this is like our house hunters, if you will. Yeah, yeah we're gonna do uh, we're house we'll call it house house yeah. tolerators. Like we what should things talk do you about tolerate? The new sections house? of John's uh, apartment yeah. that he's redecorated. Re- you know, we'll anyway, so this thing was on it last night. Did it pass or fail? Oh, I don't know. I didn't watch, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was gonna be on. My mom texted me and said, you know, my aunt Judy had saw it on sh- had seen it on Shark Tank and that it was like she goes, I didn't know it was seven hundred dollars. I'm like, good God, I didn't know that either. Man. <laughs> I go, we didn't pay seven hundred for it. <laughs> no. But you, I was going to say, Malik, you remember, you've been to my brother's, uh, that first apartment they had in New York? Yes, I have. Right. Yeah. That, how, that 360 degree. Yeah, it was, like, it, was a great, it was a great apartment, but it was 29 floors up. And I was like, oh, man, this is great. And the windows opened all the way. It was yeah. crazy. You could stick your head out and like, you could see like the Freedom Tower. You could, you could see um, a lot of stuff. And I remember my brother has a pair of binoculars. And I was just kind of like roaming around looking out the window with the binoculars. And it just, boom, stopped on a dude, like, brushing his hair and, like, doing all this weird shit in the mirror. And I was like, huh. And I, like, took the binoculars. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm never doing that again. Like, way too close of, a, of some insight into a stranger's life. I was like, I don't, I don't need that. I don't ever need that. Which, that could have been material for your act. You, oh, you God, just kept no. watching. Which is funny that you bring that up because I just, for the first time, and I haven't finished doing it because I got busy with the family, but... I was like, I, don't, I wanted to watch There's Something About Mary, and I didn't realize I had almost not seen that movie in like 20 years. Like, I had it on DVD, but I hadn't watched it. You and, just like the Brett Favre parts. Well, <laughs> I, I forgot about that, but that movie, by the way, I don't laugh out loud. So funny. I, I'm dude. at a point it in my is. life where it's really hard to get me to laugh out loud a lot at stuff, just because I think I'm just oversaturated with comedy, which is fine. That's on me. I'm not blaming anybody else saying you're not funny, but... That movie, from the beginning, I started finding myself laughing out loud, and then there, there is that scene... Uh, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Um, spoiler, spoiler, guys! If you haven't seen something about Mary, turn the turn the podcast yeah, off now. Just for a second. In three, the uh, when Matt Dillon's got the binoculars and he's trying, he thinks he's going to see Cameron uh, um, Diaz's breasts, and he swings over and sees the old lady. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's just the, the weird noise he makes out of his mouth of like the uncontrolled noise of like panic. <laughs> Dude, Matt Dillon is awesome in that movie. That, he's whole, fantastic. That, that, those you, guys were firing on all yeah. cylinders on that film. It's just like, you know, like you can just sometimes, somebody writes a movie and then it's executed properly and you're like, 
It just sometimes it's just never gonna get better than that. When it, like, you just they just didn't misfire. When Stiller had, he goes, I gotta go help my boss's uh, brother move, and it's that guy in the wheelchair, right. and he's just insult. Come on, you pussy! Let's address her, and he's like yelling at him the whole time. That guy's in like all their movies. The I know. Early brothers, dude. I love I love that. I think it's so <sighs> funny, gotta, dude. The other the other part there, I, and I'll just get off that movie because there's another story I would remember to tell you. But in the beginning, you know, the whole thing is is based on on Ben Stiller getting his balls stuck in his yeah. zipper. Oh, in his zipper, and that him him being taken. Out of the car, and all you hear in the background the whole time is he was masturbating. He was masturbating, and the look. And the thing is, is like the look on Ben Stiller's face of like, just like please stop. Like he didn't just. It was the look that he of of just so lost in the world. While a guy just won't stop yelling, he's being taken away because he was masturbating. It's just that just it just got me. I'm like, yeah. God oh, damn it! Just how they put that all together. Dude, is just that movie, funny. Kingpin, like th- those guys have done some real yeah. funny movies, man. Really funny. Yeah, um, the kings of, of road trip comedies. If you think about it, there was always somebody going on the road somewhere doing something. Yeah, yeah. They, they love getting in Matt cars. Da- What's the one with Matt Dave stuck on you? That was stuck that on you. Too. Those are the two guys. That's that was in a car. Too. They're in the that's car in that one. Movie. The Jim Carrey one in a car. Oh, that's really good. Uh, me, myself, and Irene. I saw it was okay. Mm-hmm. But the, Dumb me, and Dumber. They were driving around in yeah, cars. That's the Fairly that's, Brothers too, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a road trip. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber is obviously great. Um, but man, Kingpin. When I first saw that movie, I'm like, this is. I mean, it was like up there with Spies Like Us. Like, I don't know if you've seen Spies Like oh, Us, yeah. but that movie is fucking funny. Well, and when you can take away things. Like, I mean, if I said to you, don't be a Munson, you would know what I was talking yeah, exactly. about. Like, any movie that sticks with you and like 25 years later, you can say something from it and somebody else goes, they know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. I don't get Like, Munson. that's so rare, you know, yeah. that you can... Dude, I, I mean, was we up. were quoting what before we, we hit record. We we're quoting airplane. We we're yeah. quoting, yeah. you know, yep. Mel Brooks movies. Like all that stuff is still yep. like funny. And to it's this rare day. though because that's a that's a handful of people. Yes, that have made stuff that has that like you know the uh, John Hughes obviously had all the yes. Breakfast Club stuff in the eighties. I mean, it's, it's it's a very very small select group of people that made uh, comedies that you quote over and over and over again. Yeah, dude. But the, those things like they those movies. That's an endless joy, man. Like I said, I was wearing a Callahan Auto Parts T-shirt. Tommy Boy is my favorite movie. Like whatever you hear me say, if I talk about Apocalypse Now and Jaws, just know deep down, Tommy Boy is my real favorite movie. Right. Had a Callahan Auto shirt uh, on. I was at uh, the Madonna Inn. Um, mm-hmm. up by That's Morro the kooky. It's yeah. like the, near the wineries and everything, Dude, right? So we went for Thanksgiving. We went up to but my. Just to be clear with the Madonna. I'm about to. The, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, we went up Morro Bay is where my youngest brother-in-law lives now. So we were going up there for Thanksgiving. On the way up, we're going to see Hearst Castle and do all that shit once we got there. But on the way up, we're passing the Madonna Inn. Eddie Pence has been there, and he's like, dude, you should stop. They have really good pie. And it looked real quirky and real weird from the outside. And I was like, we got to go, because I needed gas, and I had to take a piss. And I was like, let's just go in here real quick. It was like probably 11 a.m., you know? And it's pink, and it's very... What I expected, when I hear Madonna in, I think uh, like Lady Madonna, like uh, old women in robes, uh, like Mother Teresa, like (laughs) saints. Not the other Madonna? Not the singer, but then you get there and you find out the Madonna Inn is named after a guy named Alex Madonna. And you're like, what? (laughs) And it's just a fat, fat, sloppy white guy in a cowboy hat with a bronze statue out front. You're like, this is the guy they named it at? The Madonna Inn (laughs) is named after a guy named Alex? Like, I didn't understand any of that, but we ate, and the pie was delicious. I had the chocolate cream pie. You didn't stay there? Out of this world. No, because we, we were going up to another hotel. They have all the rooms room. are theme rooms. Yes, yeah. that's what. That. Yeah, my, I just talked to 
uh, I don't want to give it away because I don't know who she's told, but this other comic I know is getting married to a guy I know who's also a comic, and they're going to do it at the Madonna Inn, I think. They're going to do it? They're going to do it sexually at the Madonna Inn, but I didn't want to give it away in case they haven't done it yet. Okay, ever. That's good. Okay. Find Um, I love how you don't see his hands, but he's... Two fingers going together. Yeah, yeah. I don't think yeah. that's how it works. Well, I know that's right? how magnets work, and yeah, they yeah. don't work properly. So that's how magnets push away from each other. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Malik, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. I spent it in West Virginia. Ooh. Malik has a long distance marriage coming up. Yep. Uh, my fiance uh, is an architect, and she just took a job working for the Army Corps of Engineers out in West Virginia. She sees me working on dams and. Uh, She's going to be working on relocating a town, possibly. Isn't that crazy like that? how you're Now, when both... you say relocating a town, uh, will that town be named Malik? Because I'm no. just curious how you guys are going to stay together. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I hope, not sure what the ultimate goal is, but, you know, she can, now that she's in the federal government, she can transfer around, hopefully, and, you know, we'll see. Yeah, uh, we will. You know. We'll be, we'll be monitoring I mean, the everything's situation good. closely. Everything's great. <laughs> I mean, I've been, as you guys know too, work in production as I do. You travel for work too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I was yeah. on the well, road you, for two you, years. You travel a lot though. You travel way more than I do because I think you're willing to travel. Yes. Um, what? Let's talk a little bit about your production experience. You've we can you're do that. Fr- you're from another again. Oh, I, this is probably like you're probably literally the tenth person we've had on who is a fucking diehard Eagles fan. Like we've had I so am. many. Uh, I don't think we've had really? Jim- well. I guess maybe I'm thinking of the my past podcast because we haven't had Jimmy Schubert on, but he's an Eagles no, fan. Cyrus Farmer it was on. Cyrus he's an Eagles Fa- fan. Obviously, Sean Sean Green is an Green Eagles is fan, um, and that's it. So the rest of the people, I don't know what John's talking yeah. about. No, no, I know. I, th- the thing is, as a fan base, that you guys are known as bags of shit, and yes. a- as people, everybody I know who's an Eagles fan is a good person. No, Steve Simone. Yeah, I haven't until uh, you're around them while they're watching an Eagles game. But 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 in between all that, that's sports. That's a subculture. Yeah, exactly. yeah that's a little different. And I, I would mean, never be around you while you're watching an Eagles game because what? The there are some fuck people. Are you Eagles? are you aggressive when you watch sports? Like I'm not aggressive when I watch sports. I pretty much take it. I'm, I'm not. I'm anymore. fine with it. Like that, that. Those are the people that are hard to be around. If they're too aggressive, because that you you look at it and go, are we any of us having fun? Here yeah. right now, just like yelling. where you um, fall I, I, in the yeah, I get aggressive. I think um, I get excited. Um, I had to think about it. Then Indian I was like, oh, if, if do people else like being around you when yes, you watch yes. games? I've actually invited. Um, I actually was coming back uh, from the road, and when I landed, I was coming back from a job in Ohio a couple months ago, and it was the day of the Eagles Giants game. And the other producer with me was a Giants fan, and I was like, hey, the bar we go to is right near LAX. Do you want to come watch the game? And I was like, you know, everybody's so really you nice. Know, we're going to be giant assholes. And he assholes. was like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, that's fine. He's like, I get it. I'm coming to Eagles Bar. And truthfully, like, we gave him a lot of shit. I mean, we we won the game, but he didn't talk shit back. He was like, I know I'm in enemy territory. I'm going to be respectful. And you know, we gave him a bunch of shit. But th- at the end of the day, we people bought him beers. And but also, fine, and also, no one beat him up. He's your friend. You know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Like, there's a difference. Like if me, if uh, let's say I was still watching Bears football, which I don't even you can't call that football, can you? Like the Bears meandering, whatever the fuck. <laughs> Not it after is, last week. They do on the field, but like, and Brian is a, a diehard Packer fan. Like we could watch a game together because it, it wouldn't like I wouldn't be mad if he was like, oh well, Aaron Rodgers is better than whatever 
sack of human bones they put in for Chicago today. And it was like, yeah, of course. Yeah. And I think it's just as long as you have a respect for the people you're watching with. I mean, I've gone and watched games with other people. Like, I've gone to a Detroit Lions bar uh, and What's watched a game. Like, well, why would they even have one? Well, what is that thing for? <laughs> do they no, do they just serve shots and not turn the TV on? They're like, guys, we already know this is going to eat. So, um, so they've lost, but the game hasn't started yet. This is more of an outhouse than it is a bar. By the way, what what's your take on that? Was it the movie The Fan that has to do with the Philadelphia Eagles? Was That's the, the one with Pat Oswalt, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I really like the movie when he's like goes undercover as the Eagles fan. It's not called the Fan though, because the Fan is Wesley Snipes and That's Robert right. De Niro. What, what is was that? I, I forget d- what it's called, but I know big fan. Big maybe, like but it was like Giants big, Eagles. Big, big, he's big a big fan. Giants fan. He works at the parking garage. Right? Yeah. yeah, he gets he beat up by a football player, right? Yeah, because he, he gets too close to him, and then he gets in a fight with uh, Michael Rappaport. Yeah, yeah. He was the Eagles fan, right? Yes. Not a fight. I don't. I don't remember how it all plays out. Yeah, I haven't watched it. But it's it's basically about psychotic fucking fans, right? Like that's oh yeah. And, and yeah, they all listen to fans. sports radio, and they're all super nerdy. But then in the end, you think he's going to go fucking bananas, and you're like, the ending is funny to me. Yeah. But I won't give it away. No but to see it. Yes, it's a very good movie. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not that crazy. Um, I'm not that crazy. But I, I enjoy it. We're going to the game next week. They're playing the Rams. There's a big group of us going. Yeah. Uh, they'll be all Eagles fans there. All Eagles fans? They, uh, Dude, that stadium is just too big anyway. Even if it was majority Rams fans, you can, there's so much space. So much space. It's like 100,000. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And they, uh, I think we're going with the, the uh, fan club, which is called the Green Legion. Oh. They're based out of Philly, and they're coming out. And a bunch of the radio guys from like the local station WIP in Philly are coming out and broadcasting. Uh, they rented the Santa Monica Pier uh, next Sunday morning. Whoa! Who? Uh, who? With the whole pier? I don't know. I don't know Gotta how have much an of it. Jersey on to get on but the there's pier, like a guys. whole section where they're doing like you know you pay a price and it's all you can eat, all you can drink. Yeah, you're gonna pay a price. The, pri- the price you're paying is you're an Eagles fan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I they, guess you're not getting one of those trees. You're gonna no, spend I'm not. It on you're gonna spend it on <laughs> beers. Spending on beer. Um, yeah, we're, it's gonna be a lot of fun. But yeah, we're I'm pretty diehard. Yeah, my my buddy Sean went when they played the when the, the they were in town playing the Chargers. Yes, and he said he's never. He goes, I usually have no patience or respect for any other fan base other than my own. But I felt genuinely sad for anyone who was there trying to root for the Chargers because. The whole thing was Eagles fans. It was like a, it was like a home game. Yeah, that's yeah, what but that's said. going to happen in this city. This is a transplant city, so the and the NFL knows that, which is why they were willing to take the risk of putting two teams here in the first place because they know that the, the, the transplants are going to come see their team that week. So and they're they, going to make money. Every yeah, they week. looked at it as like this is not a lose for us. This is a win, even if the other teams are not that good. It'll yeah. load even it up. Even if they're, the other teams were good. I still don't think you're packing that place with Charger fans. Like that's fucking ridiculous. Well, I think we live in a city though that when you when you're winning, they'll show up. Like, yeah. If you're if you're gonna do something, they'll show up. But, but that is, goes for any. When city. the Chargers Such, are down the StubHub Center right now, this they're is, in that smaller city. By the way, Such. that's a great stadium to watch if you just want to get up close and not pay a lot of money to watch a game. Because it's just so tiny. There's not a bad seat there. It's pretty hilarious. Like yeah. you ended up playing last time. Well, you were it just there. doesn't make any sense. I've never seen football in such a small setting. It's but only it's like actually kind of cool. Yeah, it's, but in its own weird way, it's kind of cool because it's so tiny. I saw the year the Arizona. Um, I think the year the Arizona went to the Super Bowl. I was down. I was I was out there, and in the middle of the season, they, they were playing at a, a college because their stadium hadn't been built yet. And that was the. I saw them play the Seahawks, and that was the small. I was like. This is like watching a backyard football game. Like this is insane. And I was so I was Arizona fans in Arizona jerseys yelling at the Arizona players about how bad they were as they I was like what is going on here? <laughs> Maybe it was the next year they went to the Super Bowl or almost went to the Super Bowl, but they 
It was like no. Oh, maybe that was the year the Seahawks. I can't remember. It, was it doesn't ago. matter. But you know, that's that's the other downside to it is when when the stadium's that small, you're getting a lot closer. To oh the fans. yeah, 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 man. And that can't. I mean, that can't be fun for all the players. Like if your team's not doing well, like some fans are just. I mean, that's like being in the outfield. It's at relentless. A, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, at even, a Dodger games. Oh my god. Well, sometimes those people like, are fucking oh. savages. That outfield, those bleachers are. Oh that's man, like, production that's, faux pas. No, we allow it on this show. We allow it because that means that Brian... That means my wife has, has probably... Has contact with people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good. Human. Yeah. Human contact. Human contact. Cumin. Cumin. Cumin contact. Um, what was I saying? Sports. Sports. Uh, Football. We're done. Let's move on. Let's talk production. Oh, before, but before yeah. we get to that, where you were for two years, because we've been worried, the, uh, um, Malik, uh, I forgot to tell you, I had a redemption. And I, and I meant to tell you the last time that I, I, we did a podcast, and I forgot about it. So a couple years ago, um, I, I, John and I went to a uh, goddamn Comedy Jam concert. It was, I was with you, right? A show or something like that? We went to oh, a show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, this was when you bumped into... Yeah. yeah so okay. okay. So I was like, oh, I, Jim Jeffries. So Jim Jeffries was there. And I, at this yes. time, he was just kind of... I think he was more new to town. Like, he had been, he had been well-known. He was well-known by, by well, But he hadn't been hanging out in L.A. yet. Funny. Yeah. No, he just and he was doing around. a show. I can't remember what network his show was the on. The one on FX. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. That's, yeah, yeah. That was such, that a, was such a good show, yeah, so honestly. They, that shot in Venice. It shot, like, yeah. next to Gold's Gym. It was awesome. And I wanted... And I was like, oh, I'm going to go tell him. Like love the show, big fan, all that kind of stuff. But before I could do that, somebody had come over. Somebody had come over to see me, and I went to give him a hug. And as my hands went through there, Jim Jeffries was walking past the exact same time. And my hand, my fist went out Punched and knocked out. knocked his drink all over him. And I was just and I'm and I'm hugging someone while making eye contact with someone who's like seriously the fuck right now. Hey man, what the fuck, dude? And he just kind of looked at me. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Blah, 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 blah. And he was just like. It's all good. And just walked away, right? Never got to say. I mean, I'm like, I'm definitely not fucking going up to him now and saying anything, right? Hey, I'm the guy that spilled on you. Yeah, hey, remember uh, me? Yeah. So a couple weeks ago, I'm doing a gig at the Improv. I get done. I come out there. He's sitting at the bar, having a few drinks. So you pour his drink on. His so head. I ignore him for the longest time because I'm like, watch him going. As a, you know, sometimes when you see people, you're like, you want to watch them in their environment to see are they volatile. Are they assholes? Are they nice people? Like, you just watch them. Do they want to be see. left alone? They want to be left alone. They are they people? social? All that shit, right? So he's pretty social. And finally, I just I just got out the nerve and I walked over and I did what I wanted to do last time. I was like, hey, man, I, I uh, a long time ago, and I told him what I did. And he just stops and goes, huh? Was I an asshole to you? And I go, no. He goes, huh? That's a rare moment. And like literally, <laughs> like he was like, just one of these, he's like, ah, so he was expecting me to be like, so fuck you. Yeah. You're a fucking jerk. And oh, yeah. then we shot the shit for fucking 45 minutes. Oh, that's yeah. a super nice guy. Yeah. yeah. That's I've, awesome. He, I, I'm glad. I like hearing stuff like that because, you know, I, I've seen both you guys perform a bunch of times and I like hearing stories. I mean, I think everybody does, like your celebrities or your fans yeah, or people you're, that end up being nice guys. I saw uh, my fiance and I saw Jim Jeffries down at the Ace oh, Theater nice. Hotel yeah. last year. And ama- probably. Top five stand-up shows I've ever seen. Amazing, yeah, dude, killed it, killed it, and that very makes me funny. Good that he's like a nice guy. I want to yeah. hang out because that's. I've had I've had two like I I, I had a, a conversation with him at a party like a holiday party and we were talking and I was like man I because I'd made I made eye contact with him in Ralph's but it was like eleven o'clock at night and I didn't I like looked at him and he looked at me and then I like just turned away. <laughs> And I, I saw him at this holiday party like a couple weeks later. I go, hey man, I just want to say I really love legit, dude. I think it's fantastic, and and uh, we must live in the same area because I saw you in my grocery store, and I fucking locked eyes, and I wanted to tell you how good I thought the show was, but I didn't want to like. It just got weird. He goes, 
no, you're weird. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> just tell me. It's okay. And I'm like, all right. And we had a nice conversation that night. And then I saw him again, and he looked at me like he didn't. He was like, get out of my field of vision. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad, my bad. He gave you your time. You did. Yeah, yeah. Like, He's like, we've had your time. You had your chance. You had your chance. So where were you for two years on a production? Um, I was traveling. Uh, I was on a show uh, on Sci-Fi Channel called Ghost Hunters. Okay. Uh, I did the last two seasons of that. So I was traveling uh, back and forth from L.A. For okay, so you weren't always gone, but there I wasn't was quite a bit gone. of travel. Yeah, I was regularly traveling. That was, that was actually a, a great gig because it was the longest. So I think we were on the road was maybe six weeks, and then we'd bring us home for a week. It went back and forth. So that was nice. So I was never really gone for a really long time. Although um, some people would say six weeks is a pretty long time. It's pretty long. There was a stint in the middle there where I went on to, it was with the same company, and I went and did a show called Wicked Tuna for a season. I was in the Outer Banks for like three months straight. Whoa. So that was like a long, a long What are run. the Outer Banks for people like me? who Alaska? Uh, the Outer Banks are a series of sandbars off the uh, coast of North Carolina. Ah, uh, I was they, close. It was close. Yeah. Let's take a step back. What do yes. you do in the industry? So I am a field producer, producer, okay. several different titles. Are you? Producer. Now, okay. Let's better yet. When did you move out here? I moved out here in 2005. And you uh, just got your shit together? I just... I, it, okay. Some people might say I don't have it together yet. <laughs> um, those people would, would be your fiancé. Yes, they'd yes. be in West Virginia. Um, yeah. yeah. But so 2005. So I must have met you right around that same time. You must have you come to MTV. You met me three weeks after I moved to okay. LA. So that you, was my first job. Your first job was a, was a PA? Not my on, first job in, a, in the business. That was my first job in LA. Okay. So. I worked in Philadelphia for about three years before I moved <laughs> out Oh, here. okay. All yeah. right. So that's... That's yeah, a rare Philly. move. That's but Philly's a rare also move. a big city where you can work in some form of production because yes. it's a bigger city that's going to have that kind you of You can, but have you know. met people who worked in production that came from Chicago? No. Chicago is a bigger city than Philadelphia, yes. and it, not a lot of people over. But because they don't leave Chicago if they get in production. That's there, a right? lot. Yeah, Philly's like that, too. True. Philly has an amazing community. There's always at least something going on. Uh, the, the big reason I moved is that besides having a great community, everybody knows everybody, but sometimes it's really kind of difficult to move up. Because if there's only one project, there's, there's one, say, production coordinator or one location manager, that guy does that job. And unless there's two projects, right. you're not doing it. So right. um, I got really lucky um, where I, uh, the last job that I did in the Philadelphia area was a show called Viva La Bam. And most of the crew is either from New York or L.A., except for a couple PAs that were local. So when that ended, it was kind of like, well, this is my chance. So I, I know, these, I know some of these guys. And you now. met yes. some people, and they, yeah, they and trust you. Well, and... what's interesting is I still have no idea to this day how Punk got my resume, because that's the first job I did with, with John out here. Did you did put it in a bottle in? and let it float I out here? I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> Threw it in the Philadelphia River, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, it ended up in L.A. Yeah, somehow it got into the hands, and I went and interviewed. And I actually didn't know what show I was interviewing for until like halfway through, and Hilarious. I was like... That's what awesome. what show is this? And they're like punk. They're like you didn't know. I was like no, no one told me. I just showed up for the interview. And then I got it, and it was great. And here we are. Yeah, well, here we are. That's what here that led to this podcast, and that's it. And so yada, everyone, yada 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 yada. And then Malik's on the podcast. Um, so 2005, you 2005. you're out in LA. You get the you get punked, mm-hmm. but you didn't you didn't stay a PA like that was you were PAing, no. but you no, I was a PA. coordinator on that. Oh, you were. I was a production coordinator. Okay, so you just haven't PA'd since. I your haven't very PA'd. First. My, the last time I PA'd was on Viva La Bam. I yeah. I uh, I did. A couple jobs in Philly. My first one was uh, while I was still in school. Uh, I interned my senior year, uh, and I got lucky. I, I mean, I w- one of my idols growing up was Kevin Smith. I loved all those movies growing up. Nice. And my first job, my internship, was with Kevin Smith. Really? I did Jersey Girl. Really? Yeah. 
So that I was, still haven't seen that movie, but I do like Kevin Smith. It's, Every it's, time I've seen it's him, cute. It's a good movie. I enjoy yeah, it. It's but not, I mean, just I like him. Yeah. When I see him, I'm like, oh, I like that guy. Like he yeah. seems nice, and I've, I've had talked to him briefly once. So I'm like, oh, he's just a nice guy. He just likes movies. He's kind of a nerd. Yeah. And, and he was he was a ton of fun. Like I I think I met him my first week. He was like the the crafty table, and I was like, hey. <laughs> <That's> weird. <laughs> well, it was like I walked in it was after it was like before dailies, and we'd got yeah. food, and I was like, hey, I'm really excited to be here. I'm a big fan. He's like, well, hopefully we make a good movie, and I was like, that's really cool. Like, yeah, you know. Little starstruck. I think like the I went in, when I went into interview, like Ben Affleck was walking through, and I was like, "That's really crazy," you know. And it was a little odd because I didn't, I had no idea what I was getting into, and I showed up, and you know, yeah, you don't before really my what. senior year of college, and I was like, where I, where we lived was like central Pennsylvania, and I had to drive into the city, you know, from interview. My dad, you know, was familiar, so I was like, "Yeah, I'll drive with you down," you know. And of course, we're like, "Oh, I picture I'm gonna walk into an office, and there'll be like a lobby." So I, you know, I we walk up the elevator, walks right in the office, and it's like me and my dad. And I was like, "Oh, we showed up my first job interview with my dad. This is fantastic." <laughs> Brought my dad, uh, everybody. Brought my dad with me. Look, don't say anything wrong. My dad might get pissed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why is your dad here? You know, we don't have a position for him. And then yeah. your dad got the job. Yeah, and then he got the job over there for ten years. Uh, but it was cool, and it was like it was a weird. It was great. I mean, I great job. And uh, the first phone call I got was George Carlin, which was bizarre. Whoa! Like they're like, oh, you're you know first or second day there, like you're gonna run the phones and transfer. Oh, he had a part in that. And he was like, oh yeah, like um, oh, can I talk to Kevin? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, of course. Uh, I'm gonna ask who's calling because like, why would you like that? You know that voice. Everybody knows George Carlin. Right. right. Why would I think you still gotta ask? Let it go. You gotta let it go. And he was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, just tell him it's George calling. And he starts. He's like, how was your day? And this and that. And I was like. And I, you know, transfer the call, and I'm sitting here. I'm like, I talked to George, to George Carlin. Carlin. That's <laughs> fucking holy awesome. shit, <laughs> dude. I still, I still tell the story of George Carlin almost slipping on ice in front of me in Aspen, and then he looked right at me. and goes, "Watch out for the fucking ice, kid!" And then he got in Ryan Brown's van and drove away. <laughs> but I still talk about that. Like George Carlin looked at me, and we had a real big moment, and we were friends for about five seconds. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, that's, I got. That's yeah, awesome. I, I got to walk past him once and say hello, and he said, "How are you today?" At, at, the, at the Comedy Magic Club before oh. he was going on before his last his last uh, uh, special. Yeah, he was running his stuff down there. That's awesome. Yeah, but I got. And I was like, and I was like, great, I'm man. doing. And I, my whole thing was like, I didn't have to go that way. I'm <laughs> like, I'm going that way to get where I'm going. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, yes. you're yeah. like absolutely. You, 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 there's these moments in your life where you're like, you gotta. There, I mean, just being around it, and it's like none of us are friends with them, but we get to share that story. You know what I mean? Like it's not it didn't exactly blossom into anything more, but it doesn't matter. No, but that's a that's being a in the presence of or around the aura of is more than enough. And when you look at a guy like George Carlin, like I'm sure your dad loved George Carlin. Yes, I'm sure your dad loved George Carlin. My dad was like my dad. My dad worked with him. Really? Yeah. That's my dad awesome. used to do shit in Chicago way back in the day. Photography stuff. Oh so, wow! Yeah. He took his picture or what? Way the, my dad always likes to call it. You know, I, I worked with him uh, before he went all hippie with his beard and stuff like that. He used to be a oh, clean cut comic. Oh, yeah. like the, oh, when he was doing like the, he was, was doing the, clean cut the, comedy. The that's weather my, man. That's, what was my, the, that's how long ago? Hippie dippy weatherman. He did the hippie yeah, dippy weatherman. That's back when my dad. My dad worked with him way before the bearded years and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah before yeah. he just said before Carlin himself decided that he hated the audiences he was performing Correct. for and was like, you know yep. what, fuck these people. Yeah, that's how long ago my dad worked with him. That's crazy. My dad is eighty-seven years old, so my dad, you know, goes. He's eighty-seven. Yeah, I'll never forget the other time he came home. He goes, yeah, I met these guys in this band, but they're not wearing their makeup. You know about Kiss. these uh, guys? Nobody knew who they were because it was this non-makeup band. I was like, I think you mean Kiss, Dad. He goes, yeah, those guys. I, <laughs> I mean, again, for him, he's just like, he was, that was not his thing. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking anyway. great, though. Amazing. Um, 
What were you talking about? Oh, Carlin. Oh, yeah. Carlin. So answering answering yeah, that, that was my first phone call ever in production. That was, was hilarious. Kind of solidified my uh, my love of this business. You know, doing it's, it. When, what's interesting to me though is that you you it sounds like you moved away from the PA thing very quickly. And I, I'm only going to ask this question because I think it does kind of help people that often wonder like because a lot of guys get stuck. Like they PA and they end up PAing for like four or five years and they kind of burn out and they never move up. Like what was it that you saw? Like how do I, how how did you know to get from A to B to C and get there faster than the average person? Because some people will just continue to just show up and do as they're told and just go sit in a corner. You know what I mean? And just wait to be told what to do. I think it's work ethic. I mean, I, it sounds like a kind of like a, a dad thing to say. Like you need to work hard, but I like I. I I've said it to people before. I used to go back and speak at my university and give people advice, you know, wherever I'm back home in Philly and nice. stuff, uh, just kind of give back. But I always kind of, I think growing up, I, my dad and my mom always made me like just work for stuff. Like, you know, I obviously had a job and everything when I got into high school and everything, but I remember being like, you know, eight, 10, 12 years old, I used to work at a, a swimming pool and I became a lifeguard eventually when I got older. But, you know, before you'd have to work to do, you'd have to mow the lawn when they didn't have lifeguards hired. And my dad would like volunteer and go and like, oh, we're going to drain the pool and paint it. And I'd be like, I'll go with you. And I would go work and do stuff. And I think that kind of, you know, getting that work ethic. So when I got into production, I kind of just did what I needed to do. Um, I moved up when I was on, uh, on Viva La Bam. I was a set PA on that. And then I moved up to coordinator. And I think it was because, uh, you know, what helped was that there were so many people from out of town, and since I was a local, they were like, oh, we need this. And I'd be like, I know oh, where to get it. I know where to get it. Or I would just be like, well, you need jet skis? We could probably call um, one of the ski resorts and borrow some. And I would just kind of, I think, thinking outside the box and knowing the city and knowing what was around. That is helpful. I just kind of did that, and I think that's kind of what helped me move up. And, and there's, there's a <clears throat> work ethic, I, I agree, but along with that, there's like a common sense element in production. Yes. And if you're a kind of a self-starter and you see like, okay, this is what I've been assigned to do. I've finished it. And now I see that this can get done now if all I do is this and this. That, is, that gets noticed. Do you know what I mean? Yes. People want to be able to go, hey, man, I need list off some things and then walk away and then come back and have those things done and never have to think about them again. Yeah. So that I think also they must have seen that, you know, being local definitely helped. But also... They must have known, like, they're like, well, yeah, he just, they can't, he's not an idiot, so, yeah, he can do this job, you know? Yeah, I think that definitely helps, too. And, I, you know, like you said, not only just getting stuff done without them having to tell you, but, like, going occasionally above and beyond, like, being like, all right, like you said, going, doing whatever's next. And, you can, and then going back to him, be like, oh, by the way, I've taken care of A, B, and C, and D is already getting taken care of. <laughs> yeah, so you are crossing that, that up their like, list going, oh, oh that is amazing. Thank oh, you. that's great. And you're kind of going... Almost like I've always been told, like, do the job you want to do. So if I'm, you know, a PA, I'll do the coordinator job. If I'm a coordinator, I'm going to try to do what the AP does. He's, He's walking in going, cut. Yeah. Everyone back to one. Everyone's like, listen, listen dude, here. You don't know what you're and then doing. one person's like, it's okay. He's just doing what he wants He's to do. He's doing the job he wants to do. Really? It's, how do you know that? It's on his shirt. It's on my shirt. The, um, uh, so you started in film, but you work in, what would you, what, the field that you're in now is? I do reality, but I try to stick more towards like the documentary type stuff, like not so much. Docu-series, if docu-series, you will. Docu-series. Like tuna, I mean, not, were you on a boat for that? No, no, yeah. I, uh, I was. But how did you get in that, like what, 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 how did you go from film or was it just the opportunities that were made? You it was just the opportunities in Philly. Okay. It's kind of what, what uh, everybody does, which is what was there. And I did uh, Jersey Girl and then I met uh, one of the other interns on that got on a show called Hack which was a CBS show with David Morse. It was about a, uh, uh, and Andre Brower was on it. It was like, um, 
about a taxi cab driver. He used to be a cop, and he was like fired. He became a cab driver and was like fighting crime, driving a cab. And we all do. Yeah, <laughs> I so, do it. I do it in an Uber, but that's yeah, yeah. In Uber, I don't um, drive the Uber. I just I order an Uber. He sits I'm like, in the Take back. Around. We're gonna fight crime today. Yeah. You're gonna run some errands with me. Yeah. Like, uh, Why okay. is my driver wearing a Batman mask? <laughs> So, so, but eventually that just naturally just puts you into this. Well, yeah. I guess there's also a lot more work in that, in that category. At there a, at is. A and I think it was kind of, for me, like still kind of learning. I know like there was a lot of stuff like when I was on hack where it was like, oh, I'm going to go clean up. I'm going with the, one of the teamsters and help clean up um, some, some trash or whatever. But I wasn't allowed to help. And I was like, well, you know, we can get this done twice as fast. And I get unions and they're, you know, they're great and everything like that. And they, people have their jobs. But it's kind of like, I want to help and I want to do more. And somebody actually met on hack. Uh, like um, got a job on Viva La Bam and brought me on, and it was nice. like one of the first days there. We did the um, we, it was the uh, the demolition derby episode, and it was like, here we need someone to hold a camera. Here, go. And I was like, I can touch a camera. This is awesome. <laughs> and I, it's kind of like I really like doing the reality thing more because it was more, Hand, I guess, hands on, more hands on. So and then more places, more avenues for you yes. to like, because and and kind of shittily, what they like now in in within the world of reality is you can't. You're not just a field producer anymore. There's no just field producer who has a cameraman who then has takes it to an editor. There's a guy who has to do like all that. They call them predators, uh, producer, editor. Uh, it's a horrible shooter, shooter. Game, but that's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but it's like they they they. I I, I mean I, I would be out because I don't I don't run a camera, um, and I don't edit. So I just produce, you know, yeah, so it's same. like they don't want, they don't want that shit anymore. It's like, yeah. I, I've interviewed for over the years, I've interviewed for a couple of those. And when they were like, it'd be like, it would just say producer and they'd be like, well, we need you to shoot too. And you know, I can pick up a camera. I can, I can but then too. When it's like, but it's then they're more. like, oh, you're going to edit. I'm like, oh, you're going to pay me for all three? No. Oh no. Oh, then I'm not. Then no, no. Then no. Like, why would you do that? You, like, wanna, you like, want me to do three jobs like half assed, but you you're gonna just pay, pay for me to do one and be low great. rent. Yeah, that's like are you, you're a firefighter. You're also gonna cook sushi. You're gonna make sushi, and then you're also uh, you're gonna build buildings. So, <laughs> but you're <laughs> only gonna, that eventually will burn down. That the, you will have that to come back to, to yeah, yeah because of the sushi that was made. That's right. And then it'll you get the you get the sushi restaurant rate. You won't get anything more than that. No. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so. Where you're at now, though, requires a lot of travel. Do you eventually see yourself being an office person, like taking it up to the next level where you're just visiting and you kind of come and go as you please, where you're more of the boss man versus the guy that's on site all the time? Are you that touchy-feely that you like to always be hands-on? I like to be hands-on, and I I worked with a couple really good producers, uh, executives that are do both, that can be the leader and be the one in the office, but then also go out to set and oversee. And uh, I kind of like that. I like being out there, maybe not necessarily... Um, being in control, but being out there. I, I just did a show for, uh, for Travel Channel and for this company called Painless, and we shot in San Diego. It was a, and all the, the head of the company was even out there. I mean, everybody was out there moving trash cans, and like the EIC's out there. And Executive it was in awesome. charge. Executive in charge. Um, and they were all out there helping out, and I was like, I think that's, it was such a great work environment, and I'd, that's awesome. Like, even if I'm not maybe the one out there doing the interviews and actually running it, just being there and Seeing and being like, this is, I hired the best crew and watching that, yeah. I'd love, I mean, I'm totally down with that. How hard is it to get from where you are now to up there? I'm assuming that that pool gets smaller and smaller, obviously, when you get up. So even if you desire to have it, at what point, like if you were to say to yourself, you know, I like all this hands on, I'm getting married, maybe I want to have kids, I don't want to be gone for six weeks, back a week, gone six weeks again. If you wanted to make that transition, is that groundwork you have to lay for years or is it something that? 
I I'm think, just curious how the, how difficult this business is when you get to a certain point, like just to get over the hump. I think it does get tougher. I mean, I'm still trying to get over that hump, so I guess it is pretty okay. tough. But um, you know, I I like what I'm doing, and I'll I'll keep doing it. You know, it's I get to have a lot of really different experiences and great experiences, and work with good people. So. Yeah, no two shows are the same. I mean, no. they're all technically clusterfucks, and and halfway through every production, someone goes, hey, "This is never going to get done." Like, yeah. Every production. Every single time. Every, yeah. It's amazing what we accomplish when we told ourselves we're not going to accomplish anything today. Yeah. Right? Uh, Question for you. um, In all the years you've been doing it, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you're like, holy shit, this is actually kind of scary and or a little bit, uh, I don't want to say dangerous, but like you kind of say to yourself, wow, this is fucking way out where I thought I was ever going to be. Yes, there's. Uh, well, I mean, not dangerous. There's That's a couple- what I mean. I don't want to paint it like, oh my god, I almost yeah. died. But there, yeah, but there. I mean, you do things where you're like, holy shit! Wow, I never really saw myself ending up here. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, Ghost Hunters was one of those. Um, I it was a show I was a fan of. Um, Can and- kind of a little background on that, just because I'm not a big uh, TV watcher of that um, stuff. So it's a it's a show about a group out of uh, Rhode Island named uh, Taps. Uh, I believe, and I'm really sorry if I'm wrong. The Atlantic Paranormal Society. I should okay. That's I okay. should know that. Um, working on, but, um, they, uh, we got, what was really great about that was besides the great investigators and a great crew was we got to go to really cool historic places, Yeah, which was like stuff. I mean, even went back, I went to back to Philly a few times and went to places I'd never been to. Like apparently the first like Ellis Island was in Philadelphia, Okay, which was like, I didn't even know that was existed and we got to go like investigate it and see it. And and that was a a ton of fun. And there was like a, a, I had a lot of those experiences was like, holy crap i'm like in this fort or in this like you know civil war thing or whatever which Where most people was, don't get access to don't you get have, access you have to unique access to because exactly of the show you're in. exactly and i got and that was a lot of like wow this is really cool and i love history so that was always a lot of fun to see that kind of thing and any paranormal shit did you buy into it um i did i mean a lot of stuff was really ghosts? cool yeah no no I, so what that's what i want to know like i I've, I'm being in production. We've all heard of the haunted places, and guys always tell their stories about shit that went down at these places. But I'm never there. I've never experienced any of it. I used to be a part run, run an obviously an old building the whole time. Never experienced anything like that. Even though people claim that there stuff like that exists in these old buildings, but old cannot always be the reason why right. something has paranormal activity. But you're actually doing a show that's looking for that stuff. So you're behind the curtain. So the question is: Had you ever experienced anything during that time? That uh, I have. I have, and there was stuff. Um, I don't necessarily believe in like ghosts as people think like you'll see you know a, a body walk out and talk to you I think there's energies I don't know what they are though like I I, I can't explain it okay uh, I'm not an expert but uh, there was stuff that I came across that I couldn't explain I can't say what it was um, you can't buy it because of uh, but NDAs? I, I just don't NDAs know NDAs or you don't know uh, a little of both uh, okay. but there's like there's been there was times um, like there was some I forget I think we we're in Detroit on something and we were investigating and I remember walking down a, a flight of stairs and I thought I saw a flashlight and I was like, oh, like I don't want them to think I'm trying to fake something. Like, so I like went and like, cr- like crawled back up the stairs on my stomach because I didn't, like I don't want, you don't want to mess with the investigators. Like everything we did was real. Like yeah. we didn't go out, we didn't like you didn't throw fake rocks. Anything. We yeah. didn't want to fake it just for <laughs> camera. Rocks. Yeah. What was, what was, what's real, that noise? Yeah. yeah. What was, what I liked about our shows, they'd always try to, the, their first instinct was, to debunk it. Like, oh, we heard a noise. What was it? What, they'll check the floors. They'll check if hinges, doors, if there's a, a right. breeze. So I, that's what I really enjoyed was that they didn't just go, oh, it's, it's It a wasn't ghost. sensationalism. It was like, we're actually looking we're for actually paranormal looking activity. But... And if they didn't find it, we just didn't find it. Right. Um, and uh, 
it, that was really cool. And I, you know, I never, we never tried to figure anything like that. And, you know, when I saw this flashlight, I was like, oh, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to get, you know, accused of it. So I crawled up and apparently, like I found out a couple minutes later, this light was apparently something that like, like an orb or something that appeared and like floated downstairs. Cause our camera, our, our director of photography, our cameraman was at the bottom of the stairs with one of the investigators and they weren't rolling yet. We were like, we just come, you know, we were, we're like, everybody's getting up, gearing up, making sure they have all the equipment. And then this happened and it was like, you could see we, we got security camera from the building footage and you pan over, you know, you can see the two guys standing down there and they just look and they follow this thing down the stairs. And I was like, oh, I actually saw something, but like at the moment, I, I thought didn't. it was. Yeah, I thought it was like, oh, I'm. They're it's a it's their flashlight looking up the stairs, and I like ran out of the way, and I was like, oh, I could have seen something. So, uh, so, but I, other than that, like I never really ran into anything. But like, we there was guys were on the show that said, you know, they, are, I think director of photography was on there for like eight seasons, and he didn't see anything personally himself for like the first seven, and he's like, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I mean, just I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, I'll, I agree a hundred percent what you said about energies but like obviously i don't i don't believe in go there's not a spirit's gonna go to scrooge if you don't change your ways you know what i mean that's that's well they can but that's something inside your own brain that, right yes. that's called that's yeah that's a little bit of an illness but um yeah but i think that you know the periodic table is all i mean they if you, there's a chart if you look at the periodic table it tells you where every element came from and the elements have all come from other planets uh stars like yes. we are a g- Scientifically, you have stardust running yep. through our fucking bodies. We are all energy. We are more space than we are um, taking up space. Does that mean like you know what I mean? Like in between all the molecules, there's more space. Like we're mostly space. If yes. that means anything. So like, like when you when you die, when people say they saw like a, this spirit leave his body, that's not a that's the energy that that's. That's what the the energy that this person has cultivated throughout their life with their human form. Then that energy goes back up into the universe and gets absorbed into the stars, the planets, and all that again. So it's it's um there is really no it's life is continuous. There is really no death. You just stop using your body. But um, Doctor John, those I know those Neil those DeGrasse, energies those energies. Um, I I think, and this is where it gets a little bit more not so science, but the what you do on earth what you do with your time with your body that is helping you cultivate the energy so when something negative happens and no one knows why and like oh something fell over i always think that's like that's a dickhead that's a guy whose energy was negative uh you know in life and then now this he's doing he's just like yeah you know i think there's negative energy and there's positive energy and it's all around us all the time and i think um that would be my explanation for some stuff like that it's not so far fetched. No, yeah. he'll talk it up with the ghost hunter guys. Yeah, you let me know what they think. You let me know what they think. Now here's my crazy theory. This is my theory, and, I, and I'm not. And this is not me being silly based on what John said. I actually believe that if you think about it, like photography as an example, the world yes. we live in. Okay, those are created from elements. Those were a combination mm-hmm. of elements that were put together that were obviously to capture a moment in time. Correct. So the way I look at it, kind of going off of what you're talking about, you know, when people say like they, oh, I saw, I keep seeing the same person walking up the stairs and doing this thing, like all those kinds of things. I'm a firm believer in the why can't that be natural photography that is taking place in that time that has captured a moment in time because all those elements happen to, in, in its own weird anomaly, in that moment, 
had all found themselves to that place. And it's just a projection. It's a moment in time that was, that was inadvertently captured because those elements exist in that area. And it's just playing it over and over and over again. So it's not that that... And the reason why that person's not acknowledging you is because they're, they don't see you. They, they don't know. It picture. happened. It existed. It's just... It's just it's, it's Mother Earth naturally playing a movie over and over again. Or Mother Earth ca- taking a picture of something or capturing the energies that you're talking about. It's those... Those chemicals, whatever it is in that, like that area, yeah. has just naturally occurred. No, that's good. And I like what that. we've done is we've taken those natural things, we've reformatted it, and we're kind of creating our own ghosts. If you think about it, that's what we're doing. Is we are now creating all of our ghost memories and everything. People exist forever now. We have taken it, and now we're, we're owning it. Is so that's my theory anyway of how I yeah. think actually that's actually right. that's that was. One of the things I one of the things to kind of back up what what I love about production is because there is such a variety of shows I can learn all these crazy odd facts so that you never would know that I would never yeah. know. So what you're explaining is actually something that I learned from the Ghost Hunters guys. There's two types of ghosts: there's intelligent, which ones you interact, and then what you're explaining is called residual, which is almost like for all you kids out there with a VHS tape that's playing on a loop. Um, so what you're explaining is like that's why you might see just like a woman washing dishes and doesn't acknowledge you because you know maybe she died tragically or that's where her energy is and you're yeah you know just she just is working like in her mind this is what I do and I'm not dead and or whatever it is whatever that explanation is or why you might see a ghost that just walks through a wall well maybe if you go back through history in that building there was a doorway there and she used to walk in there to you know to do her laundry and that's right. what she's still doing now for all eternity which. That's the part I don't like because if you think about it, it's like if you go with what John's talking about, it's like, okay, we're all energy. We kind of go back up. We, we, we transform into something else. It ain't so bad, okay? You get, you get what you get out of the life you have here. But holy shit, if, if you live your whole fucking doing... life and you're stuck doing fucking dishes for eternity, <laughs> well, like, maybe it's something. And you're conscious of it in some way, shape, or form. Fuck that shit. But maybe, maybe. How bad of a person you have to be to be stuck doing dishes but for the rest of your life? You say that because you don't like doing dishes. Maybe she didn't have a problem with it. Like if I got stuck doing laundry for all of eternity, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I could do laundry every fucking day. You say day. that now. Let's, call, let's get back to you in a thousand years. A thousand years. Thousand years. <laughs> 700 years later, I hate laundry. <laughs> what, is it? what is it? Your uh, nickels, drill bits, and yeah, dimes? Say, yeah. <laughs> That's no. what it would eventually become in yeah. his mind. <laughs> Yeah, Holy everything's just all I'm allowed to wash. This is the, the wrong laundry. Yeah. <laughs> you, were, you gave me the laundry for my joke. I have to do. The, I have to wash chains. I just washed big, thick <laughs> chains for all the ghosts to haunt Ebenezer Scrooge with. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep throwing out John's routine as we keep going. That's fair, guys. Malik has seen me probably more times than I've seen myself. Naked? No, doing comedy. Oh, doing okay. comedy. Right. Um, Naked. And I know you were talking about you were starstruck, like working, like you see Ben Affleck and talk to George Carlin. But would you say that, how would that compare to like when you got to punked and you got to work with guys like me? And, and that's pretty, I can see how that would, might that be. That was pretty cool. Pretty distressing nope. and probably <laughs> wanted to get, get you out of the business. But you, but, but, but you held on to these Ben Affleck moments that kept you in that it. kept me going. Um, no, it was, that was actually, I, I'm glad I got that one because I don't, I feel like I don't get starstruck anymore unless it's someone I really love. But uh, not that there's more or less, you know, great actors and this and that, but I think it made it more kind of, you realize they're normal people, especially when you're messing with them a lot. Um, But that show was good. It was kind of almost like a, it was, it was a good time. We did a lot of good stuff. We had a lot of fun. A lot of fun. One of the big memories that sticks out in my head is we had to go to New York once to do the host raps, which is like when Ashton would, you know, talk to the camera and introduce everything. And we brought a bunch of equipment with us and we put it in a suitcase. So I had to check it. 
and you used to have this giant black like baseball bat sized dildo in your office. Oh yeah, the spi- <laughs> It was a double spider web. Yep. Yeah, it was a double ended. We use it in the Kristen Kirsten Dunst bit. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember that thing. I used to like slap it on my yep. desk and throw it at people. <laughs> So, uh, I don't know if it was... Of course you did. I'm, I'm guessing it was your brilliant idea, but he packs it in the suitcase. <laughs> so, I fly the Hoy to New York City, hire a local PA, oh and it's like God. me and the camera guy, and I, we're like, oh, we're going to set up the black felt, and this and that. Zip, unlock the suitcase, pull out the first thing. It's a dildo. And there's a giant dildo in the suitcase. Awesome. I don't think... I honestly don't think I put it in the suitcase, but I'm sure, like, if someone goes... Because Ryan Brown was there. Maybe, oh, yeah. He was like... Hey, we should probably put this. If Malik has to check this back, that's right. <laughs> and I was like, probably, probably, probably a good dudes idea. doing things to dudes. Dude, I mean, dudes yeah, are doing things to dudes. But doing they also did dudes. it. There was a. I can't remember her name, but there was a girl who worked. Um, she was so funny, but she worked in post uh, with the music, I think. But there was like a fist, like a rubber fist that someone threw in her bag. And then she was like, she gets back, she goes, real funny, asshole. <laughs> the guy in security at LAX thinks I'm a fucking psycho. Like, yeah, that or it's just, that was before fist. hashtag resist. So you couldn't just hold up the fist. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Rubber fist uh, resist. Fist resist. Rubber fist resist. Uh. But yeah, um, I was going to say, what are, what are some of your, because there was a lot. You worked on punk for like the entire first run, like the real deal. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I did a bunch the, of them. The first eight cycles, so something like that. You were there for a lot. Was there? I was there. Besides going to New York with dildos, was there any kind of? Was there any one of those pranks or, or things that you remember that you thought were like, wow, this is really funny, or this is what a disgrace this is? Or one of my favorite ones, I think, was uh, we got um, oh, what's his name from Lord of the Rings? We did uh, the Hobbit. Um, uh, I should know his name because Frodo. Fro- uh, yes, Frodo or Rudy. No, not Rudy. No, not Rudy. Frodo. Uh, Frodo. Which is horrible because I just saw him the other day at a. Yeah, at, at I should a trader, know this at, because at, at, this at, totally ruins my story. Ju- literally just saw him, and I'm. Tra- Elijah uh, Wood. Elijah Wood. Just saw him at a. Uh, not Trader Joe's. What's the other one that's more expensive? Pavilions. Whole Foods. Pavilions. Uh, Whole Foods. <laughs> and I honestly. I felt bad for him. I'll let you get back to your story, but it reminds me that I felt bad for him because I was watching as he was going around shopping. I was watching people sneak photographs from him. Was, and I get like. That's kind of like up there with like Star Wars kind of shit, where like you get those types of people that do that, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was in three Lord of the. Those movies were. My point is, anytime you're successful in sci-fi shit, you're. It just takes you to a different level with people and how they behave around you. Yeah. Because I've seen, obviously, we've all seen famous people before. Not everybody's sneaking photos of them. But for whatever reason, and like the dude was fine. Like I, I you can always tell people like that, and he's got to be used to it because you can see he can see things out of the corner of the he, he just fucking lets it go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, so he was just he's he was a really just, nice guy too. Super nice guy. Super so nice. I, yeah. Um. So we, I, the bit I think we did was one where he they were he was smoking cigarettes and he threw a cigarette into a dumpster and we had an explosion and. Uh, scaffolding fell over on Oscar's car and like yeah paint went everywhere mess and he's like freaking out we had cops roll up and you know he was he was like by the end of it he was like I think in tears and was like saying he'll never smoke again in his life something like that (laughs) which was a fantastic bit but what makes it great is that was probably around like 2005 2006 I was in New York on a job in like 2011 I want to say and Elijah was in New York and apparently we have mutual friends, which I didn't know this. So we all went out one night uh, to a bar drinking, and he was there because we had mutual friends. And this is how I get introduced to Elijah Wood. My friend Joe introduced. He's like, oh, this is Elijah. This is my buddy Malik. Oh, by the way, he was there when you got punked. 
uh, and just walks away. And Elijah Wood is like, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, I still have nightmares of police. And like, but like totally cool about it. Like laughed it off. <laughs> we end up getting drunk talking about Radiohead and like somebody was like, the best part of that night was like, someone goes, oh, Tobey Maguire's here. Spider-Man's here. And we're like, oh, he is? That's awesome. Like, what are the chances that there's two celebrities in the same bar one night? Turns out someone thought he was Tobey Maguire. And we're like running That's around hilarious. looking for him. Mm, yeah, he got mistaken for Tobey Maguire all the time, huh? Yeah, but it was, he was super nice. And I ended up <laughs> doing a music video with him a couple months later. Oh, wow. Uh, I ran into him a few times after that. He lives in Venice too. I don't know if he still does, but I used to run into. I ran into the at the Apple Store with my dad once when we were. He was God, out visiting. Your dad, your dad, hanging out with Apple your store? dad a my lot. Dad, <laughs> dad, I got to go to the Apple Store for the, the first time. After you the job interview, yeah. you okay. can go to the Apple Store, yeah. son. We were like walking around the promenade like a couple months later, and I ran into him. We ended up talking, and my dad was like, "That's really funny." My dad has a history of running into celebrities when we're at. The Apple Store promenade. He ran into uh, Alec Baldwin there. Alec Baldwin <laughs> let him cut in line once, and you know, my dad just has these. Great that's hilarious. Oh, my dad has stories. a poop chair story from Hollywood. <laughs> and just, that's that's literally hey, it. That poop chair is great, though. Poop, poop chair. chair. Um, that's that's funny. Yeah, the Elijah Wood one. That was that, that was, was a good bit. That was a good one. I like how really you're like, ah, oh, he cried. It was great. It was a great bit. Like you like literally. It was just. <laughs> it was. There were so many elements. That could have went wrong. I feel like, in the, I mean, which I think a lot of the bits. As you say, isn't that kind of almost any bit when you got a mark? I mean, it can yeah. go completely off the rails, and especially if you think there's a chance you're pissing that person off. Like yeah. beyond, oh yes, beyond belief. Did you guys ever, by the way? I don't. I don't think we ever. T- I can't remember if we talked about this on the show. On that specific show, were there ones that you had to shelf because it went because the people were so fucking infuriated? Yes. Or did everybody? Oh yes. First of all, you have to sign a release in order for the show to air for that episode to air. Like the, the person being pranked has to sign a release. How often did people get so infuriated? At, and were, not, were they mad at often. you guys? Or were they mad at their friends for setting them up to the point where they were like? It Fuck was a this combination shit. of both, but mostly at their friends. Do you know what I mean? It yeah, couldn't be they weren't mad at, at us. us. Like we were like a production. We were just doing what we were told. Do you know, what I mean? that's how I kind of always looked at but, it. But I mean, would they go off on you guys? Would they go off on everybody? The time, no, and then, no, I think the more often if if it got shelved, it was because they just refused to sign the release or were like, I don't want you know, we had a you couple, made me look dumb, I don't want to be to say, was that, was that usually the biggest thing? Was they said you made me look silly, and it wasn't very was often, it, it, it was, was not thing. very often, it was not very often. And in fact, the one guy who has a legit complaint, I think he did sign, it was Chad Michael Murray. Okay, they did something where he they, they told him he was coming in to audition for a Spider Man movie. And then they got him up in this with a ridiculous villain, like he was a snake or something. And they gave him these crappy lines. And then, like, I think Dana and Julia were in it. So Dana was like running the set or whatever. And then they get him in this rig and then they lift him up and then they can't get the rig down. So they all go to lunch and leave him hanging up in the fucking rafters. At the end of it, he was a good sport. He signed. I do believe that one aired. But he said it best when he was like, You guys are, this is like what I do for a living. Like, I audition for movies. And you've fucked with me, like right, really, right, yeah. That'd be like telling a firefighter that there was a fake fire he had to go fight. It's like, yeah, you can't. That's not cool. And I, I was like, you know what? He's right. That's not cool. Like the promise of money or employment, there's never. That's not a way to yank somebody's chain. Yeah. yeah, that's not cool. That's not cool at all. Um, but like I said, he was a good sport. He signed. We did have, um, I think it was uh, Alex Rodriguez wouldn't sign. Uh, he was in the middle of a contract uh, negotiations with either the Yankees or the Red Sox. That makes sense. If there's an yeah. image thing that you think that well, may, may be misunderstood, and it, it was it was probably a it was a bad idea because the prank was simply he was set up by his lawyer who ended up confiscating the tapes at the end, and then see, <laughs> confiscating. That sounds very serious. It, Guy came in with a suitcase of handcuffs. It's literally the only time that's happened. I was standing there, kind of bewildered, and somebody walked by and, and dropped a bunch of uh, plastic gray. 
shards into my hand and they go, here's what's left of your shoot today. And I was like, what? And they had to smash the tapes with a hammer. That was, that was a, a rapper, wasn't it? That we had to do that with. Well, no, that was David Banner. David Banner was not happy. And uh, he jumped in a producer's car and made him take him to the office, yeah. which was terrifying. I, had, I, I remember being back at the office. and what he, So he was enraged. He was enraged. Yeah. And then I, I had to go because I wasn't producing that bit. And I had to go to the office because they called me. So I go in and I'm told uh, David Banner is in the conference room and he's pissed. I need you to go stand in there with him. And I was like, why do you want me to stand in there with him? Just to make sure he doesn't break anything. I was like, okay. So I walk in there, and this dude's pacing around. He's like, you get the tapes yet? He wasn't mad at me. He's like, you get the tapes yet? I go, I guess they're coming. He goes, okay. And then I just left the room. I'm like, I'm standing there with him. It's fucking weird. And uh, that was it for that. A-Rod just, it was, the, the prank was basically telling him in a Boston accent, Steve Renazizi was like, we don't need you in Boston. You can fuck off. And he was like, you know what? Fuck you. And, and he got kind of amped up just talking to this annoying sports fan, which right. I would do every day if I was an athlete. But So he was like, no, I can't have that out there. I'm in the middle of like right. the biggest contract of my life. Yeah, and he was trying to like get if to Boston. Makes sense. Says, yeah, yeah, then he's on tape going, fuck Boston. Right, 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 yeah. So I, I, I completely got that. You know, At the time, I was like, fuck this dude. But like, right. that's just because you, each bit, there's so much that goes into it. You only have one shot. It's one guy, it's one person. You need it to work. You don't want to be a producer who's like, ah, we failed again. You always want to get yeah. the footage. You always want to get the thing. You always want to have, even if you don't like your boss, you want your boss to go, dude, this looks great. I love it. And you want everyone to be happy. It's like, so that's a little rough. But then we had, we and comedians make terrible marks. Yes. Um, the comedians that we've tried to prank, they don't, they don't sign. And with good reason. I tried to explain this to my boss once I'm like they make the jokes they don't want to be the joke does that make sense like there's no way that like uh, a famous comic wants to be on camera looking like he doesn't understand what's going on it just didn't it wasn't a good look you know so so there were a couple of those guys and I, if once they realized that that was a bad way to go we stopped trying to prank comedians you know so it was one of those things like not very many I was Always surprised when people were like, because once they, it's the reveal, and most of the time at the beginning, especially when Ashton would come out, they would, the look of relief, like, oh, thank God this isn't real. And then they would be happy to sign because the, smartly, most of the people we went after, <clears throat> like a lot of people, I didn't know who they were at the time, but they're people that were on the, the rise. They had publicists, they had people that were behind this, like, we need to prank this person because then they'd be on MTV. Oh, okay. And, then, like, Chris, and that show was ridiculously popular. So popular. So popular. Chris, Speaking of names that stay with us, when, when you trick somebody now, what is it called? Punk you punking me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it Dude, literally has changed. When, it's, in, it's in scripts on TV shows. It's like, in scripts it's on TV now. shows. Yeah. It's been, um, uh, it was added to the English dictionary as like a word. Um, my dad always called it Punk D. You still working on that Punk D? I'm like, <laughs> Punk mm-hmm. D. Punk D. Uh, it's but, like yeah. Sunny D, yeah. but, but not in liquid form and being mean to people. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. But there was just, the, um, yeah, it, it, it was, it, I got cocky when I was on that show because I was like, oh, I'm working on a show that everyone loves. This is how, this is television, this is production. And then I would see my brother get these jobs on these shows that I wouldn't watch if you, you know, held my eyes open. <laughs> and I was like, dude, your resume reads like a garbage can. What is this? <laughs> And then I had to go, after that ended, I had to go take jobs on shows where I was like, oh, this is fucking awful. I would never tell people I worked on this show. Yeah, yeah it's a paycheck. That's yeah, yeah it's a paycheck. And you get, it's, it's like anything, you know, even with actors, you, you do the 
you know, million dollar movie that's garbage so that you can do the fun. I still, I still quote, I like Michael Caine is like, sometimes you do a movie because the script is great and you're like, yes, this is what I do as an actor and sometimes you do Jaws 4 so you can put an addition onto your house. And I was like, <laughs> and that's what you do. Like, exactly. Yeah. It is, it's interesting to me, the, the whole punk thing though. In the end, like it's, I, maybe you guys don't see it the same way I do or maybe you do, but like that, during that time, it was Huge. 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 So, like, looking back on it, it's funny sometimes because you kind of forget, right? Like, you, you live your life. You do go b- back and do a bunch of stuff. And the way the world is now, things just churn so quickly, and it just seems it goes out of style. But historically, I think safe to say 25, 30 years from now, when they look back on television and MTV and the things that it's, it's part of, it'll always be a part of that. Like, the, the day that the man walked on the moon on MTV, they will also talk about punk, right? Yeah. That's- Dude, it was, it's, a, it's a landmark show, man. It, it, like, Hidden Camera had been around forever before that. You know, Alan Funt, a candid camera. That was like the Jamie Kennedy experiment. Yeah. Which, which I was on. Yeah, you say that. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah, that's oh, yeah. right. The casting couch one. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't buy into it. No. Hence, never bring a comic in to try to trick them it's because a, it's, gotcha. well, yeah, you didn't it's get me. It's just a bad I would idea. Not be gotten. So anyway. Yeah, but but so punk hit it hit their stride when they did the pilot and they got Dave Navarro and Carmen Electra and that when MTV saw that MTV was like that's the show we want. We want you to prank celebrities. Yeah. And everyone went fucking bananas. Do you know what I mean? They everyone wanted to see that. Like, yep. It's like celebrities are just like us. They cry, they freak out, they swear. Like, <laughs> yeah, they they get upset. And for whatever reason, it's like we all kind of just said, "Well, if you want to be in the public eye, this is part of it now." And we just went ahead and didn't really give a shit. By the way, have I ever told this story about the how the time that I actually inadvertently punked Carmen Electra? On the job? Mm-mm. So what, the, for all the years that I worked at the Herald Examiner, there was this one time that um, somebody had run through the building uh, in the middle of the night, and, and, and a car had hit the building and left a hole in there. Oh, run through. Like, run through wow. like that. Oh, yeah, a car, like a car accident. Yeah, that's what I was like, what? A car accident, right? Okay. And so I got called to set, and, and uh, as I was walking to set, there's this girl crying, and I was like, what's up with Freak over there? We just started the morning. We don't need these kind of dramatic tears already. Like That was like my asshole mentality on it. Get there, find the hole in the wall, start talking to people. And I'm like, there's no, and my thing was like, well, there's no note. The cops didn't do anything. Like, there was no cleanup, nothing. But apparently, you can just run through a building and leave a gaping hole and no one says anything. So, as I go back, I'm like, what? Why is that girl crying? They're like, oh, well, she thought she saw a little girl running through the building and she saw, she saw a ghost. And I was like, well, there's no ghosts in this building. So, and there's no little girls on set. So, obviously, she's making it up. So, I, being the guy that I was later came up with a fake story because everybody wanted a ghost at my building. Everybody wanted a ghost at the Herald Examiner, so I made up a ghost story. So I expanded on that and said, oh, when I called the police later on that day, they got back to me and said that a little girl had died in a car accident. And, the, and like, so that was my, my ghost story that I would tell over and over and over. Anybody came, oh, you got any ghost stories? Oh, I got ghost stories. <laughs> and I would tell that. And so... There was this uh, movie, Dirty Love. It was uh, Carmen Electra and Jenny McCarthy were in it. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Dirty Love. I know. So they filmed movie. a lot of it at the building. And so, of course, like every production, I tell the story. And it made it like wildfire through that production. And I get a call from the location manager. And he's like, Brian, we need to talk right away. And I'm like, yeah, what's up? He goes, listen, I know you told me that that story was fake, but it, it kind of got out of control on this set. And now uh, Carmen Electra refuses to um, do any more shooting tonight until you show her what room this little girl was in so she can hold a seance. So here's the deal, Brian. 
you are not going to tell anybody you were fucking lying because it has now shut our production down and you need to let her hold this seance and you need to figure out a way to get this seance over with so we can get our fucking production back in. And Uh I was like... First of all, everyone needs to get a handle on their (laughs) fucking lives. That's insanity, dude. We're shutting down uh, until shutting we can down have for a seance. A se- shutting down a B movie for a seance. It was so. Carmen Electra so, is shutting down a movie. Yeah. Whoa. So f- I was like, fine. So um, in the movie, so it was Jenny McCarthy, Carmen Electra in a big Afro wig, and um, and Shitbreak from uh, American Pie, whose name escapes me, but I think he's on that new show Scorpion now or whatever. The guy oh, they, they uh, call Shitbreak. Um, yeah. Eddie, what is Eddie? Yeah, yeah, the Eddie fella. Yeah. All right. So it's me, a couple other people, my now wife at the time. We're in there. And uh, we're all holding hands in this room where I oh, claimed God, that this, dude, what oh, the fuck? Man. Yeah, this, this ghost. Is your wife pissed? Is she like, why are we were here? Were they rolling on no. this at least? No. Yeah, I, yeah unfortunately, that was probably, you know, because if, if it was cell phone time now, the oh, way it God. is now, that whole thing's Somebody there. Somebody in production would have gone, look at these idiots. It's so, like, um, pictures. So we get in there and, uh, you know, I had to do some serious fucking improv, dude, because I, I didn't, I had never expected to take it this far. It was just a story yeah, you, you tell. You were telling a half-assed story. And you move on, right? right? Yeah. yeah. So now I'm like, uh, she's like, all right, where, where, where? I had to walk, and like, where did, it, where was the ghost? I'm like, the ghost was, uh, you know, it's like over, <laughs> like Peter, in this, in this area here, you know, kind of just. And she's like, well, what was the girl doing? I'm like, I think Hula she just, hooping. No, I think she was just kind of like wandered, wandered through, like just kind of wandered through. But I guess you know, mostly just in this area though. Like I'm like trying to, how do we contain this? Like yeah. I don't want to be doing like a moving. Like oh, she's going. The ghost never went out of the building. Down the stairs and play with the lights. Only right here near the toilet. And she's like, okay, all right, so we'll hold the seance here. But by the way, just so you know, the, the whole time in my mind, I'm like, can just anybody hold a fucking seance? I thought there was like... <laughs> you don't need to be a professional yeah, seance aren't holder. Aren't there seance people yeah, that like know exactly what to do? Like, are we just making up seance? Like, is this a pop-up tent seance? Like, are we... Dude, so, just look it up on... It's a how-to video on YouTube. So we get in there, and it's like, um, you know, holding hands. It's like my wife... Me, Carmen Electra, oh, fucking right. shit break, Jenny right. McCarthy, and a couple other like ang- right. angry production people who know the truth. <laughs> who know the truth and are like, get this fucking <laughs> right? thing over with. So she's like, all right, let's put our heads down and uh, let's. You got let's one start. eye up, and you're like, look at these fucking <laughs> lunatics. <laughs> she starts doing this. She's like, tell me, the, tell me the story about how you think that. Oh how my she god, I'm like, such a huge part of this nonsense. Well, and I'm like, well, yeah. she, um, you know, so she got in a car accident, and um, you know, I guess, you know, I guess she just didn't make it, and it's pretty sad. She's probably kind of like looking. For her parents or something, maybe I don't know. Maybe in the room, like she's just kind of lost. She's like, "Oh, little girl, it's like lost." And doing like doing like repeating everything. I'm like, and I'm like, it's like it's okay now. We just want you to know we are good. We are good spirits here. We're um, we're telling you it's gonna be okay, and you don't need to keep wandering in here. You don't need to be in this room anymore. This you should go. You should go. And I'm like. You know, I, I got to be honest with you. I've been in this room a lot, you guys. I'm feeling her go. I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling. Is anyone else? I'm feeling. I'm feeling she's yeah, gone. Yeah, she's, she's, gone. she's like, she's like, do you think so? I'm going, I'm like, you know, it's different for once. I go, I'm in here all the time. It's like feeling, keep going. Keep going on things. She's like, you know, it's, 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 we're sending you a lot of love and spirits. I'm like, love and shit. And I'm like, I, you know, I got to be honest with you. Like, I think. We did it. I think we did it, you guys. We did it. <laughs> I think I think we let her go. I think we should at least feel good about what we did it. We let her go, and like everybody else, is like yeah, yeah. All right, so let's. Uh, <laughs> right, so we're, we're back. Cameras up. Fucking, we're back from the seance. Yeah, immediately, everybody. the fucking headset guys, like fucking, let's. Oh, enough of this shit. I don't know whoever the fucking first AD was probably uh, in there, like wrapping it up. I'm like, thank you. I just want you to know that that little girl appreciated what you did here tonight, and thank you, thank you so much. For, for doing this. And if this ever gets out and she finds out I fucking did that, I apologize in advance. But Well, no. what I was going to say was... I was just we, stuck. Like, can, it's like, at that point... Do do? It's a funny story, and I, I think it's hilarious. And in Carmen Electra's defense, 
if she believes in that kind of stuff, yeah. she was trying to do something. She was doing good. something good. good. She wasn't. She wasn't trying to shut down production because she was in her trailer and was wasn't high enough yeah, to come no, out. No, no, no. She wasn't. You know, I need nine dicks in here. I'm not coming out. She, none of that. No bullshit that you That's hear. A very men. specific amount of dicks. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? Well, but like men are like, you better fucking have chicks lined up. There's oh, guys who okay, won't come it. out of fucking trailers, and they're just. Uh, I got that story for another day. A, a That's lot scary. of scary Busey. We'll talk about yeah, that. Well, yeah. Yeah, Again, yeah, but like, but she was only shutting down the production. No, to no, do she something. wasn't doing it. I was being blamed for shutting down production. Well, like that meaning, was the thing. Is like but, my stupid fucking story, right? That right. I that I tell too well. Hit, hit a nerve. Has, yeah. Has, yeah. yeah. Oh, is this so, you bragging about your storytelling skills? Yeah, it was a great fucking story. And that's the thing is, I was telling it over and over again. You know, like the more you tell a yep, story, get, like oh, the yeah. better oh, you I'm get. Oh, I'm sold. At the story. I think the, girl, the girl's real too now. Remember, it's not a lie if you believe it's it. A, yes. and, and they believed it, and so like that was the thing. I think the, the the best part about it though was that she still had to stay in her fucking just horrible Afro character in costume. Yes, in costume. The whole thing was pretty. That's fucking amazing. Funny. I do like because her that, character though. was ridiculous in that thing. So having to stay in that, but but and it is in her defense. Like she, you're, you're right. Like she wasn't being a jerk about it. Right. She was like, we oh. need to solve this problem. This is a bad thing. Yes, it's, it's bad a, mojo. Uh, whatever you want to yeah. call it. It's a girl's spirit just, lost in right. between here and her her, her and her again preferred afterlife. Yeah. Their their focus was not on her. It was like you fix this shit, dude. You started this. Yeah. You fix this is on you. This is yeah. This, she is now she's your victim, and you need to fix this. Dude, shit. how have we not written that into a fucking scene though? That's like really funny. That's like, amazing. Get in here. You started the story. Now you got and you're like, ah, you know, I I feel it. She's gone. She's leaving. She's leaving. Oh yeah. Okay. Brian's feeling it. Everybody. <laughs> Let's get back to work. Let's get back to work. <laughs> That's, Shit. that's really funny though. So yeah, so I'm sorry, Ghost Hosner has never uh, found me, but you know. Yeah, well, oh, wow. Malik's going to talk to the executives. They want to come and what... hear your fucking tale story. Of... The spirit is caught in her wig. Tales of ribaldry. <laughs> Couldn't get out. The spirit got tangled up in her big wig and is now just floating around somewhere else <laughs> and uh, right around her head. Just... I was floating away and I got snagged by a wig. What is this? Like a forest of hair. Going back to the washing dishes forever. There now there's a little yeah. girl that's wandering in circles inside of a wig. Yes, hey. can't get out. Haunted wig. A haunted know. wig. So yeah. Anyway, so th- that's to get away from the whole to circle back to the punk thing. Yeah. So that, yes. I mean, that, I get the whole like fascination with with celebrities, quote unquote, celebrities yeah. doing their thing and yeah, it, it, beca- it blew up after that. And then you know, like I said, smartly they got people on the rise and just be, it was so funny when I would be like, oh, I don't even know these people. It's like. Guess what? Me, I'm not the target audience for the show. Punk. <laughs> They're not going after like old weirdos. It's like it was young kids who knew who these people were, who'd seen them on the Mickey Mouse Club, who'd seen them come to, who'd come up and in, in music videos and whatever. So, so Malik, for you, I'm just curious, like what what drives you? Because there are there are people that work in this business solely for the fact to work with who they know, who they can be seen with, what what it is. And you obviously started very early in the spectrum around a lot of famous people, and yes. then you kind of went to people that. We don't really know, and it's really based on the scenarios, right? Of like, so for you, like, does that? It, it sounds like it doesn't even really matter to you. Like, you really just kind of roll with, like, what what is it that when you're looking for gigs or want to do gigs, do you care if you like what it is you're working on? Does that even come into play? Um, not necessarily. I mean, uh, I mean, like any job, a paycheck is always nice. Okay. But um, I, I I think I've gotten really lucky where the majority of what I've done. Is it has been fun and interesting, even if I know nothing about it. Like I just did a uh, a sand sculpting show for a Travel Channel, which was awesome. Knew nothing about it, 
met with some world-renowned sand sculptors that do amazing things. Literally, those guys you met, they're the only ones that knew anything about sand sculpting. Yeah. <laughs> probably, I'm not going to walk down the street and some guy wearing a T-shirt say, ask me about sand sculpting. Yeah. Like, but it's really interesting because I like to... I, I, Part of I think what makes me a good producer is like I like to learn about it. So I spent like days doing research, and I was like, I want to know the terms. So when I'm talking to these people. I don't sound like an idiot. That first of all, that does make you a good producer. That kind of shit alone makes you a worthwhile uh, team member because you're doing the research. And because there are guys who are like, yeah, I'll produce this. I don't care what you call it. I'm calling it fucking dumb sand. All right, now get over there and sculpt it. Exactly. Roll the camera. You know, what I mean, there are guys that would just be dicks about it. But like, like you said, you don't want to. One, you don't want to step on toes. You don't want to sound insulting. You don't want to condescend. And you also want to sound like you know what you're talking about. Exactly. That's smart. Uh, so I, I've gotten lucky. I Sometimes I get shows where it's tough. Where it's like I might not like the material or might not like the the cast and, and stuff like that. But I just kind of, you know, I do my best to get through it. Because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, even if the crew is good, like the crew can make anything better. I'd much yeah. rather work on a terrible show with, a great, with great people than, than a great show with a bunch yeah, of assholes. Get an Emmy and it's going to suck. <clears throat> yeah. That, that's a really, that's a good point, man. Like it, the, the crew, like if you are not invested in the content, meaning you're not a writer and you're not a cast member, then as a crew, if everyone around you is cool, you can work on whatever, man. Yeah. Like let's roll cameras. That's why I like, people have a good time working on kids' shows that they know nothing about, and then they'll have a good time working on you know, anything that they might not be fully into or understand or give a shit about. You can still, if the crew is fun, you know, and if the crew is not fun, it's just not fun. Yeah. It's not, there's, there's, there's a lot of rooms. There's a lot of room for, I guess, like kind of a one bad apple scenario. Like if one guy is a cantankerous old piece of shit or angry or whatever, you're like, oh, that's kind of wrecking the day for yeah. everybody. So. Luckily, that's usually the sound guy, so we're okay. Yeah, I was sound guys. <laughs> or like, sound guys. Or like a grip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think we've gotten lucky. Uh, John and I, we kind of work in the same circle now a little bit. So most of the people we've worked with are pretty awesome. Yeah, do and but that but we well, also find those people. You all kind of I notice like when when John like gets work, it's usually from people that he works with. So there's already yes. a mindset there. There's a there's a the groups that you kind of like ride with the groups that you know best. Yeah, yeah. And, and you work with best. That's because unlike Malik, I think I've set fire to a couple bridges. So literally, when I get hired, it's by someone I know. Yeah. I've no, I haven't gone and sat in an interview like a job interview. In probably ten years, meaning every job I've gotten in the last ten years has been from a friend going, "Dude, need a producer." And so, Dude, yeah, you're not going in and interviewing for it. Right. They're just no, they're you they're on just and... hiring me, and 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 I've I've gotten super lucky. Like, I definitely took punked for granted when we were on it. When it ended, I remember being in an op- we had offices on the 14th floor of the CNN building, and at one point, uh, we didn't shoot anything for like four weeks. Yeah, it was that. Christmas, that January, I remember that. And then all of a sudden, they came into my office in like February, and we're like, "We have a shoot this weekend." And I was like, "This weekend, I have plans." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "I was like, you have plans? We haven't done anything. You've been getting a paycheck for fucking two months for doing nothing, and now we want to work." And you're like, "I have plans." Like, <laughs> I just would get angry about stuff and like took things too personally, and then just became very cocky. And like when it ended, I realized immediately yeah, you were a dick. Yeah. No, when when it, when it ended, though, I realized immediately. Bah, we had a really good thing going. Shit, that that sucks because that was really fun. Like, yeah, that was. We it. had a great crew. We had, you know, and even if I wasn't, you know, at the end, and this isn't anybody's fault, but 
you know, the bits became blame games. And it was like, you did it. No, you did it. No, you did it. No, you did it. And that was like every bit. So at the end, it was just tedious and boring yeah. and not interesting. But at least I'll say this for the show. We didn't fake it. No. We never fucking faked it. Okay? So if people think that some of the marks were in on the bits, they were not. Never was there a faking on that show. Never was there a... There might have been a pickup of an explosion because we might not have got something the first time, but very, very rare. We had the way it was directed, the way the art department worked, the way production worked. That show was legit 100% of the time. And we, you kind of saw it, and there were flaws within the show. So yeah, it wasn't we would like, get called out sometimes. Someone yeah. would be like, are you punking me? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that happened a lot. I was just yeah. talking about the Missy Elliott bit the other day and how she basically was going to trash a jewelry store in Beverly Hills because she thought it was a show. And then you let her sit, and you let her wait, 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 and then you watch her face as the realization that, oh shit, maybe this isn't a hidden camera show. Maybe I'm just being a fucking lunatic, yes. and now I'm going to look like a psycho. And you watch them come down off that, I'm good enough to get punked to being like, oh shit, I'm just a regular person in this situation. This really sucks. Oh God, I've made a huge fucking fool of myself. And then we pull the rest of the prank and reveal. And then they say, <laughs> yeah. oh, I knew it, I knew it. And then we don't show that part. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. One of the tough ones we did, and was when I was there, was when we, we did punk Bam Margera. And I remember... You knew him very well. I did. And Jason and uh, Ashton came out and asked, the, the two executives were like, what do we do? And I remember saying, like, you, you can't just, like, it can't be a joke. Like, bam, this is what they do for a living. This is jackass. You yeah. can't just be like something funny. Like, you need to scare him. And they, they kind of, you know, we got uh, Ryan Dunn. Uh, they called him and asked, like, what should we do? Because they were trying to get him as an accomplice. And they were like, you got to scare him. Like, that's the only thing. And I, what we did was like a, a liquor store. The liquor store is driving towards LAX. It's not there anymore. It's gotten no, torn it's down. It's across from the buggy house, which is also torn down. Yes. Um, but yeah. yeah, that liquor store. And I remember I was talking about this bit the other day, too. We faked a robbery. Mm-hmm. We had cops and SWAT and all this yeah. shit. Bam gets out. His friend is left inside. The cops say, what do you want to do? Bam goes, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like he was immediately like, but your friend's just like, I don't care. I don't want to be here. I want to get the fuck out of here. Like yeah. he just immediately wanted to leave. And I remember from that episode, I, have, I still have a signed Bam skateboard. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I had a deck and he signed it. Well, I don't know if you remember, um, at one point he thought, you know, rightly thought, he's like, am I getting punked? Am I getting punked? And by some sheer hand of God, uh, the helicopter, we, the helicopter, the the guy playing the police chief, which was an actual cop, Scott, who come out probably probably Scott Defoe. I but, don't remember but, his yeah, name, yeah. but he was like, "Do you think this is?" And like, a, he's like, "Those are the helicopters." By some pure luck, they a just police helicopter to be flew over, and he was like, "That's <clears throat> them up there," and that just brought him right back in. He, he was, was like, like, "Oh, oh this shit. is real. My friend's in trouble." Yeah. Yeah, and it was—it couldn't have been more perfect. Yeah, it was great. I mean, there was a lot when we when we used cops, we used real cops who were actors, mm-hmm. and these guys were like, I used these guys on a Disney pilot, a hidden camera show, mm-hmm. and as I'm dressing code them, nine, code nine, code nine, and as I'm dressing them, I'm putting their their guns on, like their fake guns, and the executives are behind me going, whoa, 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 you can't show guns on the Disney Channel. I go, <laughs> I go, these are police officers. They have to have guns. They're not going to draw them, but they have to walk into the scene with guns. They're not. If I saw a cop with just a regular belt, I'd go, get back to the mall, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> and I got in like a, a heated argument with a couple of these execs, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not sending them in with no guns. That's going to look so fucking dumb. I'm not doing that. And I'm yelling at Mark Herwick. I'm like, you make them fucking come around. And finally, one guy goes, oh, let me just call legal. I go, what? You haven't called legal yet? Call legal first. <laughs> They call the legal department. Legal's like, well, I mean, yeah, they're cops. They're going to have kids. They just can't draw them. I'm like, 
thank you. <laughs> but I go to the cop. I go, they, they weren't going to let you walk in with guns. He goes, oh, don't worry. I carry a real gun on me all the time. It's on my ankle. And I was like, don't ever tell me that again. Yeah. <laughs> but these are guys that like, they're, they're the, like Scott Defoe is all, he's, he's just a funny dude. You know, he was great. Yeah. And he always came through and had the lingo and was just a very, yeah. That's the key. The only way to, to that's why that's good that those guys exist because they just, police officers carry themselves completely it's different a, than the average person. You can act all you want, be like a cop, dude. but there's an edge that people can, that, that, that people recognize from a police officer you can't get unless you've done that job. No, when I had to, pl- I played a, a cop in the Matt Liner thing. I was in the van and I had an FBI jacket or whatever, a, a D, I don't know what the fucking jacket was. And then I probably had a, a fake gun on, but. When it came down to me talking to Matt Leiner and being like, hey, man, my boss says one of you is going down for this. It's either you or your friend. And he was like, well, my friend. And I was like, well, dude, all I do is work in the van. So let me call my boss over here. And then Defoe walks over. And that, right, you're talking to a crew cut with like a fucking, oh, yeah. you no know, joke. standing there. And you're like, oh, God, dude, this yeah, guy like, is why a Why is this gas station attendant cop. wearing a cop uniform <laughs> talking to me? But that's why I kept saying it. I, kept to, I said to Leiner a bunch of times. I'm like, look, dude, I am just like, I'm basically a volunteer. I work in the van. Like, I'm not a real cop is what I kept trying yeah. to But he gave up. He gave that up so fast. That was this fucking... I was like, look, either you or your... My friend. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> let me... Uh, let me... Uh, <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, you do. You need those guys who are legit. And they're really fucking... They're really funny dudes anyway. But, um, uh, okay, anyway, enough of punk, right? I know. Uh, it, was a, it was a great show. But you it was. moved up. When you, when you left there, you stayed with a couple of MTV shows. I did. I le- when I left there, I went back to, I did a dating show for a while called Parental Control, who, when oh, I yeah. went there, that, was, that crew was the old Viva La Bam crew that went there. So I, worked, I was like, oh, I get to go back and work with more of my friends that I hadn't worked with in right. you know, a year or two. So that was kind of fun, go back and doing that and... We did like I worked four on. Seasons I worked on Parental Control the very last season. You weren't. There. I wasn't there the last season. Yeah. I think that's when I was in New York. Yeah, that you was, you got, got a better job, and that show was full. I was thinking so. I was doing. I was working with Bam and Ryan Dunn in New York on a pilot for Spike. I think when you guys were doing that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. That because I just was just called in. I I interviewed to be a segment producer, and they were like, "Oh, you're a comedian." Do you like, want to make half the money of a segment producer and write fart jokes instead? And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> So I did that, but then we got we did a show with Ryan Dunn. We, we did, did. Uh, we both proving were on ground. Proving Ground. Um, Bruce Clausen actually got uh, it was one of the, my first real writing gigs. Like he hired yeah. me to to write these crazy like. I mean, I don't know if you ever saw that show. Proving Ground was basically a, a show that was supposed to prove and test the um, rea- the realisticness or the reality of things we saw in pop culture and movies. So like video games. Yeah, like we we they did a Harry Potter one where people had to fly around on brooms and it was all balloon like floating balloons and like Malik was uh, what well, you were a producer on. I that. think it was like the associate producer on that. Yeah, one. and it was like one of the, the was the first time where I got to write all the crazy shit. And they just put it on his desk and then go, Here, uh, figure it out. I got to get out of here, man. I'll see you later. <laughs> and he goes, I remember I put one thing on. He goes, oh, cool. Thanks a lot, dickhead. And then I'm like, oh, oops. And we had to, we had to talk to Max Brooks. How did you call Max Brooks? I had to call Max Brooks. For the, for the zombie thing. That guy was a maniac. Thing. And, he, and, and <laughs> like, I go, I wrote a bit about like if zombies were real, like how would it work? And so we, I like the art department was going to make bacon shirts. And that would be if you take a bite out of that, you've been bitten by a zombie. And, and Dunn and Jessica was the other co-host. They were going to have to run in this race and be chased by zombies. So I wrote this whole thing, and I'm like, you know, we should probably talk to this Max Brooks, because Mel Brooks's kid is like, he's written a whole zombie apocalypse book, right? Yeah. So I tell, I go, this is what we want to do, Malik. You talk to him and see what he says. And he gets off the phone. He goes, okay, well, Max Brooks thinks you're an idiot, and uh, everything we're doing here is fucking wrong. And I'm like, 
what? He goes, he's like, he just listed like, oh, if this was a real zombie apocalypse, this would happen and this would happen. You guys are fucking morons. <laughs> yeah. And Malcolm's like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, and like, I was like trying to, explain, I was like, well, we're just trying to play it. And then what's more insane about it is like, I was like, all right, well, thanks for taking the time. I hung up. He called me back to yell at me more. <laughs> Like a half hour later, I'm not and I was done like, making fun of you. Yeah, and I was like, "What is happening right now?" You rattled the cage. I did, and I was like, "We're just trying to, make a, a, yeah. we're trying to have a good time, make a show." And now it when was, people are serious, he's like, "You're going to misinform the public about God, what to do." In a he's a goddamn populace. flat earther, dude. You can't, you can't, you can't go what? after those people. He's not a flat earther. My point oh, is, oh. Yeah. he was so ingrained yeah, in his yeah. world of yeah. zombie apocalypse that when those that don't understand come in, yeah. it riles them to yeah. the point of like, you don't know anything. No. And we weren't trying I mean. to like make fun of zombies. No. We were just trying I was to have... Like, does, does, every, does this, what I've written, does it have any validity? Does it make any sense? And he was just fucking yelling at Malik the yeah. whole time. I was like, okay. That was great. <laughs> that was a fun, that was a really that fun That was a good show. show. Yeah. That was a good show that would have gone another season had, had done But just out of curiosity, how does one get all the way to Max Brooks in the middle of all this? I, I think I just... He looked we, him up on yeah. We, how I get a hold of you? Mean it just it just happened to be? He was that like, it was you should call son? him, and I was like, so I looked him up, and I think I called his publisher, and his publisher probably yeah. We didn't hook uh, me up. To, like to I be just honest, cold called. I didn't guy. know it was Mel Brooks's kid until after the fact. Uh, okay. Neither did I. I, I thought you were like, like yeah. hey, a little uh, a little insight here. It turns no, out, no, I didn't know either. No, we had no idea. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, how could he be related to Mel Brooks? Guys, this guy's a lunatic, right? But I mean. From what I've also been told is he's not really a lunatic, and he does know that all that shit's in fun. Right. Either he was having a bad day, or he was tired of people asking these Calling questions, him. or there was Hilarious. something. There was something on top of that because I don't think he was just like, "You're gonna, you're gonna be the first one dead in a zombie apocalypse, you fucking idiots!" Like he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't that guy. But that was, a, I thought that was a good episode. They that was a almost great episode. didn't air that episode because yeah. it shows Don punching up out of a grave, and they were like, "Well, yeah, we can't. He, he, had he died at that he, point? He, he died the day before the day the show premiered. Yeah, it was like we had our premiere party the week before." And we uh, we watched the first episode. We watched the first episode. And we got together at a bar downtown, and we were all hanging out. And uh, like a week later is when he passed away, which was a bummer, you know. Of course, well, like he on, was a great dude on a, on a, on many levels. Obviously, you were personal friends with yeah. him, which is hard. And I'd only met him and had beers with him one night, but just a genuinely nice guy who he had a, he had a career ahead of him. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Oh yeah. And he was he in had, L.A. auditioning for CBS pilots. Like he yeah, he would just. I don't want to get into it because I don't know all the depths of it, but like when we were on Viva La Bam, everything was great. And then he kind of wanted to get away from TV for a bit. And then he was just starting to come back. We had done the pilot with him in New York and it was some of the first thing we did in like 2011. And then like a year later as we did Proving Ground. So he'd kind of come back and fallen in love with doing TV again. And um, I had some of the best conversations with him um, on that show because like I'd known him for probably like eight years at that point. But he was just like talking about like, oh, why he left home and got into it and talking about his parents and reconnecting. It was kind of like more on a personal level. He like let me into more personal stuff, which was really cool. And uh, it was, you know, it was really great experience and it was really good to know him. So it was kind of a bummer when he passed away. I think like when, huge bummer, yeah. when we were at the premiere party, we were talking about something and he was like telling me how he really had an in with the Philadelphia Eagles, his huge, or sorry, Philadelphia Phillies, his huge baseball fan. And he was like, I only have context with the Eagles. Like, I don't really like football, but you know. <laughs> But one of the things he was going to do, which is this speaks for his character, was like, hey, when you come back at Christmas, um, I'll hook you up with my guy that contacted the Eagles, and I'll get you and your family on the field. Nice. Not for a game, but just to go. Just and to I was go. like, that'd be awesome to like, be like, hey, we're gonna, I'm going to take you somewhere. And just Show my dad up, yeah. was a lifelong Eagles yeah. fan. Like, just walk out on that field would have been amazing. And you know, he passed away, so that never came true. But the fact that he would like go out of his way to be like, hey, I'll 
talk to this guy and get your family out there. He uh, he did for an experience. He, he seemed like that from the very second I met him was a guy that was was very concerned. Like, are you okay? Is everybody good? Are you good? Yes. Is he having a good time? Like, he didn't want anyone to really feel like left out or anything like that. Uh, I I just quickly I don't know, I probably talked about this before, but the funniest fucking thing, still in my head, one of the funniest things I've ever seen is when we, I wrote a thing about the Goonies and like the. Um, like the things that data uses in the movie Goonies and like could these be done in real life and like how would we do it and let's research this and so then the art department gets going with the with things and and we try to work out an interview with somebody who was in the Goonies so we try to contact uh, Jeff Cohen who was, in, was Chunk he's an he's a entertainment he's a lawyer. lawyer now everybody kind of knows him Eddie Pence is friends with him well everyone kind of he's a really nice guy and so we contacted him first, and I think Malik maybe called him. Did you call him? Because I might have. I don't remember. Yeah, somebody said to me, like, well, he's not available, but he likes the idea, and he says we should call the guy who played Data, and he gave us his number. So I was like, oh, awesome. So we call the guy who plays Data. He is also unavailable. Data says, call Corey Feldman. He'll do anything. So we call Corey Feldman. And I wasn't there, but they went to Corey Feldman's residence to perform an interview about the Goonies. Yes. And Ryan Dunn and Jessica showed up, and Corey Feldman had, I don't know why, I've never seen him wear it since, but he had a, just a braid, one single braid coming off the front of his head, hanging down, a little braid. He had a nice head of hair, and then just one fucking weird braid. And they never talked about it. He never mentioned it. <clears throat> they did the whole interview, and he was a weirdo in the interview, like when Dunn was like, hey, can, do you think these things can happen? And he's like, they did happen. They were in the movie. He's like... Okay, what I mean is, had to explain himself. <clears throat> then I'm watching the the ep- the episode, and they go to the proving ground, this which is, is just this open field with like a racetrack and whatever. And Dunn pulls up in his car, <clears throat> and he gets out, and he's got one single fucking braid <laughs> coming off his head, and he never mentions it, nope. and nobody talks about it. But I was <laughs> crying when I saw that dude. I was like, this oh. is this might be the funniest thing I've ever seen because. He just, just, it was nonchalant. He was like, okay, guys, so today we're going to, and he like, <laughs> that was some of the best stuff he did. We, I don't know if you were out there. We were doing, it was for the zombie episode. We, uh, we were testing weapons. And one of the things we tested, we tested a flamethrower. So we had to find like a hundred chocolate oh. bunnies for us to melt. Um, but one of the things that we blew up a, a uh, golf cart and they dressed up a dummy to look like Ryan Dunn. Well, Ryan would always wear these big frame sunglasses, but he didn't want to blow his up. So he literally, you know, we always broke the fourth wall on that show. He walked over, grabbed my sunglasses, and put them on the dummy, and blew them up. And I like not completely under her, just walked over and goes, "Hey, we could use these," and then just put them on the dummy. And then I'm like, "Hey, where's it? Oh, I guess. Oh, those... my sunglasses are getting oh, blown up now. Thanks, thanks, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, guy, there's there's stories about that guy for days, man. I mean, uh, Clausen had great stories when he worked on uh, Jackass. Those guys, people band with us. Oh, those yeah, guys pushed that's, a car. That's where I met Bruce. Those guys pushed a car through his hotel room, no, uh, his apartment. We all, they, everybody, all the people from out of town had uh, like rented apartments because they were there for like two years doing it. And Bruce was sleeping, and uh, I think he had passed it on the couch, which was even scarier. Because yeah, yeah, because we were probably out, you know, enjoying the the nightlife. And uh, Bruce fell asleep, and you know, Bam thought it was a great idea. He brought his Hummer and all the guys and. Uh, Bruce like an SUV and they just pushed, pushed his SUV through the sliding glass door of his apartment that he was. 
And then why not? And then took off. Like they were, oh, they, they were left. literally yeah. going to Mexico. They were like, wow, we fucked. That was too far. Oops. Yep. Like, yep. Oops. <laughs> and Bruce was like, what the fuck? Get back here. The police are here. Like <laughs> everyone was fucking pissed. Oh yeah. The, that was, there was a lot of those nights and stories. And oh yeah. It goes for days. I bet, man. Oh yeah. So after proving ground, that was, uh, probably, like you said, you were APing. I think it was an AP on that. It was one of my last, I want to say probably one of my last AP gigs before I moved up. Yeah, because you were even, for that show, you were trying to be a segment producer and there was just, they were already filled. Yeah, so they were already like, filled. And yeah, so I became an AP. And I, I think what helped a lot was the, my field producer that I was working with was on the show, was Far Shot. So they were, they, he's one of the guys they mess with a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I, in a good way, kind of picked up a lot of the slack where I was like, I had to do a little bit more of the producer stuff because yeah. I had to help him out because he he'd be like, oh, I'm, I have to go get tasered. So yeah, I have to go get can my you balls go shaved take care and of this? get fucking paper clips put <laughs> in my dick hole or whatever. Oh, okay. Jesus. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so I got to do a little bit more work. So we did, I did that show and after that we did a show with Jessica again called, we did a pilot called The Gadget Show, which was like a, Top Gear with electronics. I like guess it's, oh. it's a show that airs in England that's been around for, I don't know how many seasons. At this point, I don't even know if it's still around, but it had aired like seven seasons. They were trying to bring it to the United States. For, for, for your average listener uh, of the podcast, just so you know, most of the reality shows you see on television have been ripped off from England. Yes. Yeah. We actually, this or actually Europe. wasn't ripped off. The executive from England came over. Like he was in charge. So he was just making a new show. Yeah. You know, yeah. but uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Jessica, I haven't, I hadn't seen her in a long time. I just saw her. She popped up on TV the other day and I saw her yeah. doing something. Who's Jessica? Jessica Chob- Chobot? Chobot, yes. Chobot. Yeah, uh, she is, uh, for you listeners, you can go check her out. I think she's still doing Nerdist News. Yeah, she's, over there. Uh, she's like a, you know, uh, girl who does like gadgets and video games. Gadgets and, and video games. A, yeah. She was cool. co-host with Dunn and I thought it was a nice, I'd never met her before, but I thought it was a nice mix, you know, it was a Oh, nice, they did. They had a great chemistry. Yeah. She was more like Ryan was just a fuck off and she was like, okay, we're trying to yeah, do, we're trying to do something. Like, he would mess with her. Like he yeah. left her on the top of a telephone pole once when we were doing something and <laughs> I showed up on set. tormented her. I showed up on set one day. I went to the shop and I watched some dude get his, his chest waxed and something else. I'm like, no, nah, I'm never coming back. Nope. <laughs> Cause then it's like, if they know I don't want to get fucked with, they're oh, just, they're going to fuck with me. So I'm like, nah, I'm going to go. Well, that's all they did with Jessica. I mean, we, again, going back to the zombie episode, I, what, you know, we had zombies hidden. We're out. Yeah. But we told Jessica where they all were. But as a surprise, they put me in zombie makeup and didn't tell her that I'd be behind this door. So she thought, like, part of the zombie was they, like, get to find the flag. So she had to go through all these buildings. And then, you know, she opens up the door. She thinks, and I'm, I scream at her. And I've never heard a woman scream <laughs> louder in my life when she opened it and I was standing behind it and yelling at her. <laughs> It was really good. It was like a Matt Dillon scream from... Yes. <laughs> uh, but that was a good time. Nice. Uh, what, what, you travel a lot. What's uh, some of the... Like, give me like a crazy... Like, how about location-wise? Where have you shot that was like non-English speaking? Or you done any of that? No, or? I actually have never... I've only been out of the country twice. Uh, I've never shot outside the country. I... Uh, a couple years ago, I had a week off from work and I went to Ireland because You're we a had drunk. a week off and I was like, I like beer and whiskey. Might yeah. as well go. And windy roads. And windy roads. Let's do this. And I like the color green. Rolling meadows. Um, so I went to Ireland and then uh, this past April for my Christmas present, my fiance bought us round trip tickets to Thailand. Oh, wow. So I went to Phuket for a week. Oh, yeah. So she paid for it and we went and all over and that was a blast. We just stayed That's just awesome. on Phuket but did a bunch of stuff because there's a lot to do there. That's great, man. But I've never shot outside in the country. Real quick, just because I find this creepy and weird, not creepy, that's a bad word to use, but weird. You guys go hot air ballooning. Yes. 
Her dad's a hot air balloon pilot. Her dad is a hot. Her yes. fiance's dad. Where's she a from? Hot. Uh, she's from LA area. They grew up like kind of all over. Moved around. Uh, like Palmdale. Lived in Glendale, I think, for a little bit. And she's from we, the outer atmosphere. Yes. Well, no, it, I, look. In order to be into hot air ballooning, you, you have to be in an area that supports hot air ballooning. <laughs> yeah. There's, and they do a lot up in like the Palmdale area. He lives in Vegas now. He does flying in Vegas. That makes uh, but you know what? That made all events. that makes sense. Because I mean, you have to be in an area where there's not a lot of airplanes flying. You can't just like yeah. launch. But hot air they balloons. have them in Illinois. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, again, there's events. They're, they're all out. Over the, yeah, yeah. And, and there's a huge one in New Mexico. And we're not making fun of it. We actually wrote hot air ballooning into one of our scripts. Oh my we're, god, we're, that's we are <laughs> we are fans of hot air ballooning. So I, I we've gone out and crewed for them. It's great. I, I forgot. I would that, never dude. personally get in one. They Not scare the shit million, out of me. But that's what I told you. I told you when you're like, we got got to get up early. We're going hot air ballooning. I go, you're going yeah. in a hot air balloon. You go, yeah. I go, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, I won't. No hot air ballooning. No bungee jumping and no fucking skydiving for this captain. No skydiving. No bungee jumping. No no ultra glides. I don't even know what the fuck is that, that the is. Squirrel shoot stuff. Have. Those are like no, that's those e- are man made planes. These ultralights that go up in the. It's no, dude. Okay, no. so so it's like the guy that's launching the rocket. He's got in Vegas. Look, no, he he's got to prove the earth. That, is no, flat. that's that's taking it to like the umpteenth level. But oh, okay. I know. So as an example, like I, uh, when I first moved out here, I used to I temporarily lived in San Diego, and I used to drive up to I forget what mountains those are up there. Uh, Julian is a, there was a city called Julian up there. It's it doesn't matter. The bottom line is on the way up there, there was this big like rock formation kind of like mountain. You look down, and it's like you can see the desert, right? And I pulled over, and I'm looking at it, and I see these guys are getting on those. What are those little things that are triangles and you run and you... Uh, oh, paragliders? Paragliders, right? Paraglider. Yeah, yeah, whatever the fuck those things are, what I would never... Another thing I would never get on. And so I'm watching them take off while I'm doing it. I'm looking over at the rocks and I'm seeing all these RIPs. And I'm oh, like, no. looking close, I finally asked this guy, I'm like, what's up with all these? He goes, oh, these are all the people that just fucking go... That oh, literally no. go off and nose dive straight down and kill themselves. And I'm thinking to myself... And yet, you motherfuckers are all still like that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah. you know what? Insane. You know, I'm all for like having a good time in life, but like, you gotta, that's yeah. like a whole nother level. And I'm not comparing hot air ballooning to yeah, I think crazy squirrel safer. diving, but I'm sure it is, but it still yeah. scares the shit out of me. I'm, I'm not worried about it crashing, I'm worried about it never coming back. Oh, well, the nice thing you about know, like, you ever seen a kid let go of a balloon? You ever seen a kid let go of a balloon? It's one of the saddest things in the world, by it the is. way, when they lose a balloon because they, they cry about it because they see it for the next 25 minutes. They still see their balloon. I feel the same way with, if I was to go hot air ballooning with my family and I was ballooning away from them, they, I would never be able to come back. Yeah. And it's sad. See, it's it sad. Is. Well, the nice thing the is there's a guy that's a pilot that is FAA certified that will knows what he's doing and can bring you back down. So I, now I just found out that the FAA actually has a hot air balloon Yes, pilot. you have to get a pilot's license. So this is not like the pilots that everybody thinks is cool on an airplane. This is a different, but they all hang out at the same place, same they bar? They do. They're all, they're, hey man, what do you fly? Uh, the uh, Boeing 747, <laughs> what do you fly? Uh, I fly the uh, little smaller plane. Smiley what face. You, what do you fly? <laughs> I, fly I, I fly the big flower. <laughs> I have the Darth Vader helmet that you see floating uh, uh, around. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I own do they do those now? Is there is, there is a Darth Vader balloon. Because I, I, his whole house is, I mean, he's been ballooning, I'm going to say, like, at least 30 or 40 years. So he's got all these photos from all over the country and all these events. Um, and we, I, like, so we started crewing for him. Uh, we go to the event in Bear Valley every 4th of Wait, July. you have a pilot's license? I don't. I, oh. I'll, I just set it up. I don't actually, he pilots it, but I'm, I help set it oh, up. Oh, cool. I'd feel good about that if I saw Malik setting up the balloon. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Are you Who's the last guy, guy to hold the rope? And he says, don't let go of this rope. And then you're the guy that let go of the rope and everybody's. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. There goes one of our fucking balloons. Thanks, Malik. Yeah. Also, the clientele is gone as well. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> without the pilot. Guys, we need... Like, who's this guy? We need return clients, not ones that just float off Is he wearing ether. cut-off jean shorts and fans <laughs> sneakers? That guy's in charge? That was... I gave Malik so much... I, probably for like 10, 15 years, I just mocked his clothes every day. He wore, until came to work. I was just like, oh, jean shorts again. Nice. Cool, yeah. man. <laughs> well, what's really, what's really funny is uh, that happens all the time. Uh, that's how Bruce introduced me. I, work, I just worked two jobs with Bruce this year. And he's like... When he brings me, he's like... Just ignore how he looks. He's really good at his job. Yeah. This is Malik. We call him Jean Shorts. Jean uh, Shorts and Beard. It's okay. I've, I've got you on that. One of our former guests, Aaron Hayes, uh, one day yes. she's, she, uh, we were hanging out and she looked down at me and she noticed that I had cut off my jeans. She goes, oh, you made your own pants. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. You made your own. You're a big boy. Yeah, talking to you like she talks yeah. to the kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> She did it. <laughs> because you were wearing children's clothing. Yes, and she walked away and she pointed at me. She's like, look at he made his own pants. <laughs> was this at a school function? It doesn't matter. Wherever it was, she was, she was <laughs> no, fine. It matters if your kids were she there was. going, oh my God, she's if mocking your kids dad. kids are like, he's not our dad. She, Don't look at She was going to take the opportunity. And I saw her husband like weeks later goes, hey, Aaron How told you? me you made, your own short, you made your own pants one time. She really laid into How's about that. How's that going, huh? man? Is that cool? Can and, I do it? And I, I go, and I go, let me guess. You've never made your own pants. That's because you know your wife would make fun of you. He goes, absolutely. Yeah, he's like, also, I buy pants. I don't need to make them shorts, but you know, I was you know, yeah. To be specific, I didn't make my own pants. Just the way she did it, though. Oh, look at you! Oh, you got a pair of scissors out, didn't you? <laughs> That's funny, man. Uh, she's on a new show. Yeah, she's yeah. on something I think on uh, Amazon, one of the Amazon shows. Her and uh, a former guest, Nate Cordry, just got an Amazon series as well. So, oh, yes. really? What? Uh, oh, what's great. Nate on? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it hasn't come out yet. Oh, he cool. already shot the pie. It's it's a full it's oh. a full season though. It's oh, something. It is. It's something about a haunted house. Oh, cool. He plays yeah. the uh, he plays a creepy uh, not a creepy uncle. He plays the uncle uh, in that show. Yeah, he's one. He I'm he's a former guest, and I actually am a big fan of his. I uh, Nate. Uh, yes, you. No, not Nate Cordry. No, I was. Nate, uh, yeah. I really liked that episode. Yeah, he was great. Uh, I, in Studio sixty, he's fantastic. He had probably one of the best roles in Studio Yeah, he was a writer, right? On the no, show? No, he was one of the... He was... A cast member? He was a cast member. I don't know if he wrote it, too, but he's he was like a... If people are unfamiliar with Studio 60, it was like a... When 30 Rock came out, Studio 60 came out at the same time. It was yeah. also on NBC. It was on Studio NBC. Studio 60 was written by a dude that everybody loves that writes Aaron stuff Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. And it was about a sketch comedy, late night sketch yes. comedy show, but it was more of a no laugh track drama... Type show it was a but dramedy. It was funny. It was Matthew Perry and Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford. I mean, the cast was amazing. I uh, thought it was DL Hughley was on that. Yeah, um, I thought it was good, man. Yeah, it was such an amazing show, and it only went one season, which was really bummer. But Nate Cordy was great in that show. I mean, the the story arcs were fantastic. Like the, I think one of my favorite episodes of any show ever was when he gets arrested for playing Jesus and is in a bit. And he's in Pahrump, Nevada, and John Goodman oh, is the, the judge, judge. that has to that. see him. Yeah. And uh, it's so good when they're trying to explain it. And everybody has to come out. Like, was it a Brian? Was it Brian Weber from Wings? Is the, yeah, yeah. The executive from the network, and they're all out there trying to get him out of trouble. And they're offending judge. John Goodman at everything they say, and he's like, okay. Let's. Yeah, and what's and the best part is what what I loved about the episode. You know, if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry, but at the very end, the reason he's there is because he gets a speeding ticket, and the reason he gets a speeding ticket going through Prump, Nevada, is he's going to meet his brother who is in the army who's leaving, and he doesn't want to use that as the excuse to get out of the ticket. And it's like, the whole show, you're like, oh, this is so awkward. And you're like, oh, he's actually trying to do something really sweet. And that's why, and you're kind of like, oh, that makes it a really good episode. Yeah. No, Which, yeah. I've actually been to Prump, Nevada. That's where I proposed to my fiance. Really? Oh, look at that. To yes. bring it all back. To Nate bring know. it all back I'll let, again. I'll let him know. Wow. Yep. Pahrump. Pahrump, Nevada. There's a, a balloon event there every year. Oh. And we were up there, and uh, they do a thing at night called the Glow, where they set up the balloons, and they play music, and they just blast the flames to make the balloons glow. And 
in between flashes of light, I'm like, uh, get, trying to get the ring out in like the three <laughs> seconds that there's light. And I think I literally just spit out like, hey, let's get married. And it was like, because I had like two seconds to do it. See, if we hadn't asked about the fucking balloons, we never would have got that story. There, it's I a good story. Guess See, not yeah. and forever. And, and of course, it's one of those things where it's like Pahram Nevada. It's where you pick, but it was like the perfect moment. Yeah, no. she loved it. Yeah, you know, that's great, man. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good little proposal. Yeah, well, congratulations. Yeah, look at that. yeah. bring it, it all back. The balloon and the lights, bring all that, and 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 Nate Cordry's involved and Nate in some <laughs> weird, weird way. So he's super involved. Whether he, know- <laughs> Whether he knows Nate, it or I not, you were involved in Malik's proposal. Uh, not really. Uh, <laughs> I also don't listen to the show, so I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Malik, you might be the first person to be on the show that actually listens to the show. Yes. Listen on, to them all. On a regular. On yes. a regular basis. There was, a, there was actually an episode, and uh, I promised myself I'd bring this up, that I, it kind of made me a little upset. Um, it was, I forget who the guest was, but they were talking about a bar in Culver City mm. that they used to hang out at. Uh, uh-huh. It was... Uh, I forget his name, Kristen Wiggs' as husband. Oh, was on the Hay- show. Hayes Hardgrove. Hayes, Hayes Hardgrove, yeah, Hayes yeah, Hardgrove yeah. was on, and you guys were talking about a bar in Culver City, and uh, you couldn't think of the name of it. And you're like, oh, it's across from the Costco. What's that called? What's that called? And you should know the name of it, because that's it, where you met your Sports wife. Sports Harbor? Yep. <laughs> I didn't know there was a Costco there, and also I had no idea that he was talking about the same place. And I, was, I remember sitting there, I remember screaming. I was thinking I was in my car driving back from Vegas <laughs> with Sports Harbor, ready? And I was like, how do you not know the name of it? Your wife is going to kill you. I guess uh, it wasn't that important. <laughs> I mean, look, we met there, but that's cool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I was just actually back there. I still do that show sometimes. Just, I, just think, to, I, I think I do it because that's where I met Nicole. That's yeah. what I did. Otherwise, there would be no reason to ever there no reason. There's no reason. I mean, drunk people at a bar yelling at you yeah. while you try to oh, tell that's, jokes. But that, that's the fun of, of comedy, right? Not that, anymore. That part of Maybe it? that was oh. fun when I was 25. When you had hope? Yeah. Now this I'm is going to lead somewhere very important. Yes. It I need to put it up did. with and this. Here we are. It did. It did. Life gives you something else. Yeah. You just don't know it. And if it wasn't for that night, he wouldn't have this awesome Christmas tree hanging here right now. No, I would not. Or See? be living in this apartment. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I, would, I wouldn't have kids in a house, so yeah. If I didn't go to that show, no. But I, <laughs> but I, uh, um, uh, speaking of MTV, that was the only reason why I met my wife mm-hmm. was because I was out day drinking after do, after auditioning for a show that I eventually got on MTV with Patrick Keene. We were just being stupid and irresponsible, and then we got drunk and went and saw about Schmidt because that's what everybody does. Yeah, back yeah. then go see a. A middle-aged man movie, um, and then we got bored, and then uh, we slept it off, and then went to another bar, and that's where I met my wife that night in Dana Point, which was Hennessy's, which I also oh. had already done comedy at. So, uh, so yeah. okay. it's all the same. Hennessy's it's all the same Point. circle. I haven't Small been out there forever. Nope. Why was she out there? She lived out there at that time. Oh shit, man! She was looking yeah. for him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In the end, right? In the end, yeah. This is how this all this shit works. Everybody gets placed there for a reason, man. There yeah, you go. everybody. There you go. That's a positive. That's a positive way to wrap this up. Thank yeah. you. I, I do, it's what I what I do. I'm a storyteller. Yeah. Oh, hey everyone. She's a ghost. In case you, <laughs> <laughs> it was a night just like tonight. <laughs> Doesn't exist. <laughs> Don't ask for Natalie. She's not real. <laughs> um, Maybe on a very special episode sometime in the future, uh, we'll broadcast from a balloon. We can. I can set no. that. No. What? Maybe you can go up there with him and talk to him about no, stuff. No, we we can go we can go portable. Remember we did it at Dodger Stadium. We can go portable anywhere. We can do a we can do a show from a balloon. I didn't mean that we couldn't do it. I mean I don't want to be up in a balloon <laughs> doing a show. We can just sit in the balloon and, and, and Malik will hold on to the rope. I'll that, hold I'll hold the microphone and we'll 
the, how you the mic down. cord, like <laughs> struggling with it. Let go. No. We can only go as high as the soundboard will let us. Yeah, we should be connected <laughs> and plugged how in. How long is the mic cable? 450 feet long. That's too yeah. long. That's too, too long. long. <laughs> They're wireless. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Oh, all right. Dude, well, thanks uh, for coming. Yeah, dude, thank thanks for, for having your, uh, me. This is great. Thanks for being on the show. I know we've been talking about having you on for a while, and yeah, it's good to come out. Finally made it work. Long time uh, listener, first time guester. Yeah, yes. yeah. There you go. And uh, if probably we last time guester too, but let's see. <laughs> well, we don't have a lot of repeats, but yeah. um, if we do another, way to dismiss him immediately. I know. Wow. No, no, no. But I mean, if we do another hundred shows, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's how we circle back. That's how we circle back. <laughs> We're back. We had to, to have Hayes on twice because speaking of Hayes. No, he was, that was, it was a well, great Well, he started episode. talking we, about his divorce from Kristen he, Wiig and right as Brian it. had to yeah. leave. Ended it on and then things just weren't going well in my life. All right. Well, thanks for coming yeah. out, yeah. buddy. So we needed it. We, needed we to felt really him. bad about that and had to come back on. No, that was a good one to come back to. Uh, yeah. But uh, other than that, man, good luck. Uh, congratulations on the marriage or the wedding. Thank and, you. Um, we'll see you there. Yeah. 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 You're doing it here. I like that. Yeah, we are. We're uh, in a brewery in San Pedro. Perfect. That's cool. Like being yeah. serious. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm being very serious. Yeah. And we got a pizza truck. Nice. That's, yeah. Attached to a balloon. I hope. I hope you guys are going to balloon. No, away. no balloon. No, no balloon? balloon. No balloon. Down there, you can. You probably couldn't do a balloon down no, there. No, no. Oh, San Pedro. It's right up into the LAX air path. Like, well, yeah, just yeah. everything going on. <laughs> yeah, over there. yeah. You too can. many boats and a balloon flying over the prison down there. That's an interesting <laughs> area, by the way. It is. Yeah. San Pedro is very interesting. It's got a little bit of everything. It does. It's great. <laughs> I like it down there a lot. You're like, I'm scared. I'm scared. This is beautiful. I'm yeah. scared. I'm scared. Yeah. This is beautiful. Yeah, it is kind of like that. <laughs> um, let's say anything else. You want to add anything else? No. Guys, you have a What show are you working on next? Uh, I just started doing a car build show just recently. Just kind of get up and moving. But they're finishing up the first episode soon. Cool. It's kind of sporadic, but it's good. It's around Christmas. So. Where does it air? Uh, well, Aaron Velocity. Okay. I don't know what it's called yet. It's a new show. So. All right. So look for Malik's name. name. Look for know. Malik's name in the credits of a show on Velocity that's gonna, they're going to fucking run by so fast. Yep. <laughs> that's what IMDb is for. Everybody yeah. has exactly. IMDb now. So. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, all right, man. Uh, this was. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. This is kind of our in between sort of holiday episode. We'll probably do one more before Crip Smips. Yeah. Yep. Fuck Elf on the Shelf. Yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah. Elf on a Shelf yeah. for sure. Trust me. Yeah. You'll you'll learn. Both of you will learn someday when you have your kids on accident. Oh. Fuck Elf on the cool. Shelf. Cool. That's okay. a good way to have kids. Okay. Yeah. Makes me excited to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, everyone. So take that with you, and uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>